Sharks NFL Podcast Episode 1. I am host Ryan Collins. I am here with Dylan and Sizemore. Yes. So today we are going to be going over the NFC. We're going to go uh, division by division, team by team, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoy our little breakdown here. So uh, we're going to be starting with the uh, NFC North. Uh, what team do you guys want to start with first? I think we can give it to you and go with the Lions. Ooh, the Lions. Ooh. I mean, obviously they had that big offseason trade. Probably one of the big, probably the, the biggest trade of the NFL offseason in uh, sending Lions' long tenured fan favorite quarterback Matthew Stafford over to the LA Rams for, uh, and I think the Lions won this trade by a landslide. Uh, Jared Goff, only 26 years old, and two first-round picks and the third-round pick. So, uh, obviously, that hurts the Lions a lot this year and probably the next two or three years, obviously. Stafford was, uh, in my opinion, a top-10 quarterback. He never got that love, but he played like a top-10 quarterback. Um, Any thoughts? I feel so good for Stafford getting out of there. I hope he goes and wins something. Yeah, me too. Except I actually, I'm a, I'm a, obviously, I'm a Lions fan. Most of you know that, who have been with Motorstars for a while here. Um, but I kind of, I, I want Stafford to win, but I just hope they suck. So Lions get a good draft pick, you know. I mean, I understand that, but I think Stafford's like a pretty good guy, and he stuck with the Lions for a long time. Oh, no doubt. I, I love Stafford. Hope nothing but the best one. But I mean, the Lions did make some improvements. I think Staff or uh, Goff is at least a serviceable quarterback. We saw McVay take take Goff to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, he's not. It's not like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's probably top fifteen quarterback. For sure. I mean, you still have T.J. Hawkinson, who's a great tight end. I love him for fantasy. He's going to command a very large target share. And you guys got the addition of Tanae Sewell on your offensive line to help help keep Goff on his feet. So that's good. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so I think the Lions offense this year, I mean, obviously a lot of people are predicting that they are going to suck and be one of the worst teams, along with the team we will probably be talking about in the next episode. Most of you probably know what that is. But uh, I honestly don't think the Lions are going to be as bad as people are thinking. I don't think Jared Goff is going to be as bad as people are thinking. Yeah, the Lions don't have a great receiving core, and they obviously they just cut um, Rashad Perriman today, which is going to surprise a lot of people who don't, you know, normally watch preseason and don't follow training camp for teams like the Lions. But um, Rashad Perriman had gotten hurt about a week and a half ago. Before he got hurt, that dude uh, had, um, was sucking. He was garbage before he got hurt. He was dropping passes left and right. He was probably the fifth best receiver in all of training camp leading up to that point. And he played through his injury because he knew he wasn't playing well. And he knew his spot in the roster was not secured. And, yeah, led him to getting cut. And I'm honestly, as a Lions fan, I'm not too worried about it. I like the how Quintus Cephas, he's made some really nice catches in the preseason games. He's played really nice. I also love Amonra St. Brown. Also, and then obviously Pro Bowl tight end T.J. Hawkinson and uh, 
pass touching DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. I mean, I really like Swift. I think he's a good running back. And I got to give Goff credit. We've seen him do really good things at the quarterback position. Anytime I think about Goff, I think back to that record-setting game between Mahomes and Goff, where they scored just ridiculous amounts of points. So he can throw the ball. He can throw touchdowns. Exactly. And also the Lions, in my opinion, have like a top top 10, maybe top 5. I mean, it's a stretch, but offensive line, and they got a Taylor Decker, who's really improved. He's been the top five left tackle in the league. You got Frank Ragnow, who's arguably the best center in the league. And then, obviously, the addition of Panay Sewell in the draft. I mean, he's going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. I mean, if Penay really transitions into the NFL like offensive linemen usually do, I do think you guys will have a pretty good offensive line. I don't know about top yeah. five, but it will be good. It'll be a lot better than some of the other offensive lines we've seen this preseason so far. Yeah. Another thing yeah. I want to point out about this wide receiver core. Sorry, size. One second. Um, that or Dan Campbell today said there are going to be some guys that are going to be on our team that aren't even in the building yet. So that means they're going to be active on the uh, waiver wire once all the cuts are finalized. And obviously, with the release of, um, or whatever, I don't remember his first name, but, uh, Perriman, I think that they are going to be, um, um, looking to add another wide receiver that someone that's cut. And a lot of good guys are getting cut this year, in my opinion. So, that you could see the Lions add another wide receiver to, uh, that core. He's obviously not going to be great, but he could do some work. The only thing the Lions are going to get top five in is the pick next year. Um, let's 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 be serious. Like Jared Goff finished QB twenty three last year with a much better receiving core. If as far as the DFS standpoint, if we're starting Goff, it's a terrible, very terrible slate. The only two people I have interest in is DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Which Hawkinson, it was the, I think he was the sixth most in the PPR for tight ends, which is. I targeted that guy in my fantasy draft. And then Swift, who's going to benefit from that upside uh, upgrade at the uh, offensive line, if he can stay healthy. I love some Swift. Love some Swift, especially in PPR and FanDuel. Definitely love me some Swift, especially against great matchups. Yeah. I think we have to give Goff a little more credit than that. I'm not targeting him. I'm not playing him at any point in time that I can think of. But – Goff was also on a team with a much better defense that was a lot more run-heavy than what the Lions are going to be. The Lions' defense is definitely not going to be anywhere near what the Rams' defense is. So Goff is going to be playing from behind a lot more, and he's going to be throwing a lot more than he is. Which not, might not be a good thing for him. It, it might not, but in terms of fantasy, that might help somebody. Yeah, yeah. we're not targeting him ever. Oh, no, and I'm not saying target golf, but um, people are out there predicting the Lions, I think, are going to go 2-15. and 15. I think they do a lot better. Not a lot. I honestly think they are solid enough to go 5-12 and or 6-11. and 11. I think 5-12 is fair. I think that's a good high estimate. I'd say between 2 and 5 wins is probably not a horrible estimate for them. Yeah. 
I'm predicting for them, obviously, to finish fourth in the NFC North and probably land a top 10 pick, or they will land a top 10 pick. Depending on how, in my prediction, how many teams are going to be bad, I think they're either pick number six or pick number five in this year's draft, which is obviously fine because I believe that they're going to want to draft a receiver. You don't really want to draft a receiver number one overall. So I can definitely think of a few teams that are going to be worse. Oh, but for sure. How many kneecaps is golf going to bite a game? I really need to know that. Another thing I want to point out about that situation is golf is playing with a chip on his shoulder. That mentality. I mean, him and McVay were having issues all season last year, like personally. So that could have led to some bad performance. And also, what I do want to point out is people are saying that uh, golf got carried. The Super Bowl golf got carried to wins. But you got to remember, he was he's a, he's a two time Pro Bowler. He, I mean. Before last year and the year before, that dude was a fucking beast on the field before him and McVay had personal issues. No, I mean, like I said, I, I think we need to give golf more credit than he's getting. I've seen yeah. him play really excellent games. I've seen him play like a number one quarterback. And I've also seen him play like a bottom 25 quarterback. Exactly. I mean, hit. He is a very low floor, high ceiling player. You could see him be QB one some weeks, and you could see him be QB twenty seven. But the way uh, DFS is going, obviously, and FanDuel and DraftKings, all that, you need running quarterbacks to win mostly weeks. Not really running is what I'm saying, but guys that like like a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts or like those type of guys that also get the rushing yards. That's what had the most of the. Uh, takedown lineups have been as of lately. I mean, yeah, you definitely want the guys who have the upside of the rushing touchdowns, rushing yards. Obviously, if your quarterback's getting six points for a rushing touchdown rather than four points for a passing touchdown, that's a big deal. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I so, yeah, probably I... will not play golf any week in this season. But when looking at his targets – I'm sure there are going to be weeks that I want DJ Hawkins, and there are going to be weeks that I want DeAndre Swift. Yeah. There will probably be weeks when I take Quintus Cephas and uh, Sun God on St. Ra. <laughs> yeah. Well, TJ Hawkins is only 5,700. So, like, as of right now, you know, for week one. So, dude, TJ Hawkins is a great play. Maybe not against the Niners, but. He's definitely going to be a great play down the stretch oh, at, sure. at some point. He's no Travis Kelsey, but he is very good. He is yeah. definitely, This would be a great year for him to be a top five tight end to finish the year. Oh, yeah, sure. Agreed. Yeah. 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 All right. Obviously, yeah, I mean, we're ready to move on. I think we should just go in the order of what we predict the uh, – the division to finish with and uh, go to the Chicago Bears next. The Red Rifle. Yeah. I mean, how long is he going to be starting for you guys? Think? Uh, I think a couple if, weeks. Yeah, if he goes in two, then Fields will be starting week three. Yeah. I mean, I know they, they promised, but I saw a statement out there that said uh, the Bears are regretting promising uh, Andy Dalton, the starting job before uh, they drafted Justin Fields. Well, here's the thing about Andy Dalton. As a Steelers fan, I've seen way more of him than I would like to. Yeah. 
he's been on playoff teams. He's been on good teams, and he's been a very serviceable quarterback, but he's not the type of quarterback that's going to take you past the second week of playoffs. First week. Judging on on a week. The Cowboys on a great roster last year. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like what I saw with that offense last year in Dallas. You can't get a much better offense than that. Yeah, I mean, Dallas has great wide receivers, great running backs, and Dalton really didn't do much of anything with yeah, I mean, people are going to go out and say that Zeke, oh my God, Zeke was hurt a couple weeks. Zeke was out a couple weeks, but no. Even the weeks with Zeke, he looked awful. Even the weeks with um, Tony, I mean, when Dak had Tony Pollard, when Zeke was out when, a couple seasons ago for a couple weeks, Dak still shined. Tony Pollard is a great running back, too. There should be no excuse for any doll and having no Zeke. Obviously, Zeke's way better. No, I went. He's obviously better. And Tony Pollard, but I mean, with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin, even Tony Pollard in the offensive line, there's no way you can go week and week against like defenses like the Giants. Where the Giants actually didn't have a bad defense last year, but Dak, I mean, he sh- there's no excuse for sucking as much as he did. Yeah, no, there's. I genuinely think if the Bears start out zero and two this year that. Fields will start week three. I don't think they'll let it go any longer than that because they want their young quarterback out there to develop and hopefully get chemistry with this team because I'm sure they want to keep Allen Robinson. They want to keep their running back like Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, and they want this young QB to take their team somewhere. And if they don't play him sooner rather than later, it's not going to happen. How do you feel about Justin Fields, Dylan, if he comes in and plays? I mean, he's Y'all not a quarterback. I'm an Ohio State fan. And year after year, I've watched my Ohio State quarterback come in the NFL and do horribly. But Fields, he, he's got Allen Robinson there. But he looks really good so far. Most Ohio State quarterbacks have gone really high into the draft to really bad teams. But this Bears roster isn't bad. Nope, you got and Darnell I, Mooney, Allen Robinson. I mean, I'm just, uh, Darnell Mooney, I think, makes a big uh, leap this year um, for the Bears, especially when they get Andy Dalton out there, because I'm not a big Andy Dalton fan. Regardless, week one, week two, he will not be starting when they play Detroit week four. That's guaranteed. They might let him play against the Bengals week two, because they're losing to the Rams at at, the, at Los Angeles. Then they got the Bengals. They that's, might, that's a toss-up game. But by week four, Justin Fields will be playing Detroit. Yeah, I think Justin Fields, honestly, is probably going to be the best rookie quarterback this year if he starts by week two or three. Oh, for if, sure. If well, he I'm starts, and Trey Lance, which we'll get to later, but Trey Lance is a solid quarterback. Him and Trey Lance are the only two rookie quarterbacks that I like this year. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I really like most of the rookie quarterbacks this year. I don't mind Mac Jones. What I've seen from Mac Jones so far, he seems like he's going to be really good. Trey Lance well, didn't have a preseason, but he also didn't play football for a whole year before this preseason. Yeah, Mac Jones also plays against the twos when he plays preseason. So we got to see what well, he does. Yeah, well, he does. I do want to point out, though. Go ahead. 
Oh, one thing I do want to point out, um, one of the rookie quarterbacks I am in love with, and I honestly would rank him above Justin Fields right now, is uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, he's looked really good against the number one defense. Like, that defensive front from the Packers that started, Zach Wilson looked fucking amazing against that Green Bay defense. I mean, honestly, it wasn't Jair. Jair didn't play, and some of the other starters didn't play. But, I mean, still, that's better than people like that Justin Fields have been going up against. Um, Mac Jones. I mean, I, I Zach Wilson looks fucking good. And what we were talking about with um, Corey Davis and um, I was, I, okay, I'm, we're, I'm going way too much on the Jets here. We'll get that to to that on the next episode. But I really do love Zach Wilson this year. I'll just say that. Like, well, as I was saying, I really like all the rookie quarterbacks this year, and I think all of them have a decent chance to be something in the NFL. I think this year's rookie class of quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Mac Jones, I think all of them have a really good shot at being starting quarterbacks before the end of the year. Yeah. And I think all of them will be starting quarterbacks for a while. For sure. I don't think we have any Josh Rosens this draft class. The only Josh Rosen I see is Mac Jones, and that's my honest opinion. I really don't think so. I I don't think he's going to be the best one out of this draft class. But I think he's at least going to be a decent game manager style quarterback. Yeah. Which is what the Patriots love. The Patriots thrive on a good running game, great defense, Mm -hmm. and a not so flashy quarterback who makes easy plays, dink and dunk, every once in a while can make a big play when needed. And I think Mac Jones can do that. Yeah. All right. So let's not go into this. Big rookie quarterback thing. We still got to talk about the Bears here. Um, <laughs> um, I one guy I really like from the Bears this year is Cole Komet. They're starting tight end. I mean, it's finally Jimmy Graham era. They're finally done with his better. I mean, he's still there as a second stringer, but I don't think they're going to force him out of the field like they did last year. I don't mind Komet, but in terms of tight ends, when it comes to fantasy. The difference between TE2 and TE10 isn't that huge. Oh, no, it's not. When it comes to drafting my tight end, I'm much less worried about them, unless I'm getting Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Than I am anybody else. So we've really got to talk about the guy who's going in the first round in Allen Robinson. Yeah. I love I, mean, I love Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson so didn't I. have the best quarterbacks last year, and that dude still finishes a wide receiver thirteen. Um, he averaged like sixteen something points a game. Like that dude is magnificent in PPR, and especially with Fandle. Once they they need to establish the quarterback, and then he'll do all right. I think he'll do good regardless. Like, but and yeah, also, you're definitely going to use him. Also, an incentive on him. He's in a contract year. Yeah, you know, players in contract years. They, I think Allen Robinson, and this is gonna be a really high overreaction. It's probably be my biggest bold prediction of the fucking year. I have him on a lot of my fantasy teams. Allen Robinson's gonna be a top five fantasy wide receiver this year. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's bold. I think he's on a team where he commands a very large percentage of the target share. He's going to have. And I won't say Andy Dalton is better than Trubisky, but I think Justin Fields will be. 
So he might have the best quarterback that he's had in his entire career. Yeah, exactly. I, he, I mean, I love Justin Fields, and I, I'm a Michigan fan, so it says a lot. going to get the majority of the target share on a team that's going to be passing a good amount. They, yeah. they have a good defense, so I'm not going to say they're going to be playing from behind constantly, but they're going to at least be passing enough to keep him high up in target share. And in oh, sure. so I think Allen Robinson has wide receiver one upside, and he should definitely finish top five. Yeah. Another guy I really am intrigued by, and just looking at this depth chart, I really like their number three and four receivers also. I mean, we already talked about Darnell Mooney. The couple cheap guys I might take flyers on week to week. Like, they'll probably be in, like, the 4K price range on DraftKings and the – or like the 3K price range on DraftKings and the low 4K price range on FanDuel are guys like Marquise Goodwin and Demiri Bird. I really like Marquise Goodwin. I mean, he hasn't really played in like a year and a half because wasn't he injured? He sat out last year due to COVID. But that dude had really high upside with San Fran, and San Fran really didn't have – Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't really, you know, I don't know. Marquis Goodwin, I think, is going to have a really solid year. Like, not, not like obviously, like, top 50 fantasy wise here, but I think he's a number three and a cheap option. I think he has a really solid year. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think there will definitely be weeks where if I'm looking for a value option, I don't mind any of those guys. Yeah. We saw Demiri Bird last year in New England as their number two. I mean, he was, we put, I mean, Obviously, we play. I mean, we yeah, we played him a lot. I, I mean, I played him a lot. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I played a lot of Damari Bird like on the showdown slates, obviously, because I mean, uh, Patriots run him a lot. They yeah. run a lot of showdown slates last year. I think for him to be a number four this year is kind of crazy. Yeah, and I, I do think he'll get some work in this offense. Yeah. But I mean, we also got to talk about another guy a lot of people love who's going really high in drafts right now in Montgomery. I mean, I, I thought he was one of my drafts, but I think it was like the fifth round. I've seen him go a lot higher than that. I see people really like yeah. him. I'm, the league I just did was an 18 league, so that could, I mean, yeah, it could be why. Well, I mean, but. I, I will say, if I see him in the fifth round, I'm taking him. It's an auto. Oh, for so, sure. For sure. But I really don't think he's has as much upside as people think right now. No, he he definitely benefits from that uh, cake schedule there at the end. Uh, I think me and me and me and you was talking about this earlier, Dylan. I mean, he played uh, the last the last like four games that he played. You know, uh, as far as like playoffs for fantasy, was he played against the Lions, Houston? And uh, and Minnesota and Jacksonville. So I mean, he had like cupcake schedule that helped him get those rushing yards. You think about it, he had 100 yards against Green Bay, had 113 against Houston, 146 versus Minnesota. Whereas he didn't break over 100 yards until Week 12. So his his schedule at the end definitely helped him out. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think people are discounting how big of an impact uh, impact Tariq Cohen's going to make when he comes back. He's going to get all the catches. Yeah, he will definitely be the pass catching back. He was their running back one before he got hurt. 
Yeah. One thing I do want to point out, though, about last year until week 12, they didn't – that offense, they were not using it right. They were trying – they were down a lot to begin the year. I mean, they were in close games. I mean, they started out, what, 5-0, and 4-1? and I mean, they started out hot. Nagy, I don't trust him to use their offense right to begin with. Oh, for sure. They have a head coach who I don't think should be a head coach. And none of the players on that team outside of Allen Robinson getting the majority of the targets get used the way they should. Yeah. If you're taking, obviously, Dave Montgomery in fantasy draft, if he's your running back one, then you obviously are going to be, depending on your depth, your running back group you should not be too happy with, in my opinion. I completely agree. I've and I see a David lot Montgomery, very yeah. opposite of that, who think David Montgomery should be going super high, and I don't think he yeah. should. Yeah. In my league, we start three running backs, and David Montgomery is my running back three. And um, but this was an obviously eighteen league. Um, and I and I, it's like an offline draft, so it's everyone we know, everyone, and one person that fell, and I can't believe it to the end of the third round where I took this guy, Saquon Barkley. No one was taking him. And obviously there's some issues there, and we'll talk about that when we get to that team, but Dave Montgomery also fell a lot in that draft. He was up there and he fell. Very rightfully so. I don't think he should be drafted as high as he is projected. Can can I get in that draft? Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Barkley, the only reason he fell was because um, this league we're doing, it's it's two quarterbacks and – Two tight ends, so like you, you got to take a quarterback early. Yeah, you got to get you start you start two quarterbacks. So like, there's not I mean, run, it's not like one quarterback. So like, no one's taking a quarterback in normal drafts like round three. But in like my league, you Murray, like Lamar, Mahomes, Kyler, Josh Allen, they're all gone in round by round two, like by round three. I never round well, two. Billy Maker best ball draft. I had somebody in that draft take Mahomes in the second round. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, in one quarterback leagues, you don't want to draft a quarterback until at least the third round. No, absolutely. You only, you only start one. Mahomes was the first quarterback off the board in round two, and then somebody in round three took Allen. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, I'll take these running backs and wide receivers. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And also, we start two tight ends. So, like, my first pick, we had pick four, and I took Travis Kelsey. And we're starting two tight ends. So, like, there's not many great tight ends out there. He's going to get you um, – he's going to be the number one tight end. No one's even going to touch him. And in a league where you're taking two tight ends, having Travis Kelsey is a huge upside. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and this was my biggest debate, and obviously you guys don't like this guy, but I took Ezekiel Elliott over Jonathan Taylor, and that was my hardest decision. I, we'll talk about when we get there. Let's keep talking about the Bears here. But yeah, that was my biggest takeaway of the draft was that Montgomery fell and that he should not be going where he is going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Basically, we're only going to target David Montgomery in good situations like week two against Cincinnati. Week four against the Lions. Cincinnati. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, there's definitely attackability because David Montgomery will be, uh, he won't be as much. So, those times that we need value, David Montgomery might come in handy when he's got those good matchups. But, I mean, he's I got mean, a tough schedule this year. He's playing Tampa I mean, Bay, San Francisco. Like, they, he's playing some tough teams this year. Well, I mean, not just that, but week two, I don't think Cohen will be back. And if he is, he's not back at 100% yet. I don't think Cohen's back till week six or week seven. Or week, I don't think he's – because I read something a couple of days ago that uh, 
he wasn't close to even practicing. If they didn't um, activate him by a certain time, that he was going to be out for like six weeks or something. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who took Montgomery in a higher draft pick on best ball or fantasy leagues, for the first five or six weeks, they're going to be pretty happy with because Montgomery is a great back. I love him. He did very well for me last season almost every time I played. And week two against Cincinnati, I'm, I can almost guarantee I will have him in my lineup. But I don't want him in a season long come week seven, eight, nine, ten when Tariq Cohen is back. I'm not yeah. worried about Damian Williams taking too much from Montgomery the first exactly. six. When Cohen comes back, I'm kind of worried. Exactly. I'm trying to read on this Tariq Cohen right now. Outside of uh, Montgomery, there's no one else really to talk about on this roster other than the guys we've talked about, unless you guys. Yeah, I mean, I I love their defense this year. I think it's a big bounce back. They had some guys hurt last year. Um, I think they're going to be a top 10 fantasy defense. Not saying draft them. I'm just saying don't target, like, don't target against them. The Bears are never really a defense I want to target against. Anytime you have Khalil Mack putting pressure on the opposing quarterback, you really don't want anything to do with that. I mean, the one guy, I'm I'm not sure what year he's in, but the dude who impressed me a lot last year, I think he even does even, he goes way back. I think he reaches Khalil Mack like four years ago level, is uh, Roquan Smith, the other uh, inside linebacker for them. He was a fucking beast last year. I think he gets even better. I, I mean, yeah. Just their defense, the Bears historically have a very good defense. That's what their team is generally built on. Not a defense I ever target against. And yeah. I'm sure when it comes to daily fantasy, it's a defense I'll play some. So for the people out there that do those weird fantasy leagues, I'm sorry for calling it weird. It might not be weird for you. But where you draft defensive players, Roquan Smith is a big sleeper this year. I think he reaches um, – I think he could be first, like, Tier one defensive talent this year, in my opinion. Love that guy as a sleeper. And if you're in a league where you have draft kickers, I don't like any of the Bears kickers. So no, 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 there's just no Bears kickers. They have a tendency to uh, miss and hit the bar. So no, he's on the Browns now, but they're still not good. Oh, I know. Who was uh <laughs> who? I forgot who it was. Honestly, let me look. They have oh that former Kansas City kicker. That's right. Yeah, they have Santos. He's not bad, but, I mean, if I'm worried about a kicker in the league, I'm going to Young Hoku. Yeah, that's who I uh, took. I love him. Yeah, he so far the only draft I've done where we take kickers, I've gotten Young Hoku. Yeah. I like him, and I like the Rams kicker, but I can't remember his name. Oh, um, Matt Gay. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Crap. Is it for the Cowboys now, Zerline? I like Zerline, but no, there was might not have been the Rams. There was a really good kicker last year. I can't remember his name. Miami, he won me twenty five dollars for being the best kicker, uh, Jason Sanders. That might be it, yeah. All right. Well I think we're good on the Bears. Let's move on. To the third uh, who we think is gonna finish second in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree here, it's the uh Captain Kirk in the uh Minnesota Vikings. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Second at best. The one big question mark with Minnesota to me would be Justin Jefferson's shoulder. Um, you know, he went out. I don't know if he's come back. He's he's uh, hurt his shoulder. And, you know, with shoulders with receivers, that definitely tends to linger on. But he is definitely one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. Oh, for sure. And then you got uh, Kirk Cousins, which is not – he's not ever going to, you know, be an elite quarterback. But he did throw a career high last year of 35 touchdowns just because of Jefferson. But he does have he does have weapons, you know, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I mean, this team is loaded for DFS oh, purposes. I know. Yeah, on offense, this team is absolutely ridiculous. The biggest question mark on their offense is Kirk Cousins, and he's not a bad quarterback, unless it's Monday or Sunday or Thursday night. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Any day but Sunday. And then they got that uh, week one matchup versus the Bengals. Give me all of Dalvin Cook. Absolutely. I love Dalvin Cook, and I think that dude's going to fucking go off week one. But right now, if you remember, I'm probably in 95% not playing Dalvin Cook week one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dalvin Cook is locked for week one. And no. most, most weeks he's going yeah. number two. Yeah. I, honestly, if you want to get different in your fantasy leagues and you have the first to pick, take Dalvin Cook instead of Christian McCaffrey. That yeah, is the easiest way to get different. I, I can't play. He's not playing Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I am not playing Dalvin Cook. We don't. Yeah, I'm playing a guy in a way better matchup, in my opinion. We can talk about that when we get to them. And you obviously all know who that is. And I think everyone knows who it is, but yeah. Well, I am playing Dalvin Cook, and I think Dalvin Cook is my uh, my sleeper for RB1 this year. I like it. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now because it's on the top of my head. No one is going to touch Christian McCaffrey if he plays the whole season. I am sorry, but his workload is just too good to even – no one's going to touch him if he plays all 17 games this year. I he, think – I genuinely think – that they try to lessen his workload, and that's why they drafted Chubba Hubbard. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think that there's every possibility that Christian McCaffrey takes the number one spot. And I've drafted him at number one in a couple of drafts already because I'm not just going to stick with one person. Yeah. But I 100% think if you don't take McCaffrey number one, you need to take Chubba Hubbard later in the draft, like as your last pick or wherever you can get him. Because more than likely, if he doesn't take number one, it's because he was hurt. Yeah. I yeah, think the reason they up. drafted Chubba is because they don't have a backup. They just don't. And they took a late-round flyer on him, obviously. And I think it's not, they're not going to lessen his workload. It's just if he gets hurt again. Kind of like how the Vikings – are denying every single trade offer right now for Alexander Madison. You could say the same thing. They're keeping on to him because they want to lessen Cook's uh, No, it's just they have a great backup, and if something happens, like he dies in a car accident or he gets torn ACL. I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like they have a backup plan, you know. So I don't think Chubba Hubbard. My point here is, I don't think Chubba Hubbard 
is going to take any value away from Christian McCaffrey this year. That's what well, I'm like, saying. I still 100% think that McCaffrey can take the number one. It would be irresponsible to not point out that it's very unlikely for the same person to take number one in more than one year. Well, he did it back-to-back years, didn't he? Yeah. 2019 and 2018? It's even less likely for him to do it again. Well, he did it last year because he play, but yeah. I know you're yeah, very unlikely to come back from injury. And my entire point is, Cook is going number two in most drafts. Yeah. If you want to get different, if you're doing multiple drafts, like I'm sure both of you have already. I know I have. Yeah. Take Cook at number one in some of them. Take Kamara at number one in some of them. Yeah, this, this is what I'm saying. This is going to be very bold. I Cook is my running back three this year. And I, and, and obviously both, both these people that are on this podcast with me are not going to disagree with me. But my number two running back is someone we're going to talk about later, and his name is Alvin Kamara. And here's the only reason that I'm not high on Delvin Cook this year, and I'm going to. This is about the Vikings. Is they've got Justin Jefferson, they've got Adam Thielen, they've got Alexander Madison as a backup. They play as a, sometimes they play him more than most teams play their backups. They they like run two running backs. They play Delvin Cook on one side and Madison. Anyway, they also have um. Chad Beebe as a number three that looked very solid. And Irv Smith, who I think is a very good tight end this year. I think he's going to be a top top seven fantasy tight end he's, this year. He's hurt. He is hurt, and he, but he's only going to miss week one or two. And I still think he's going to finish top seven. Even with that, he's getting a small surgery or whatever. He'll be fine for the rest of the season. I mean, he'll miss week one or two, and that'll be uh, Tyler Conklin season until Irv Smith is back. But I think that offense just – is too good, and I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Obviously not week one. like That's why I think Delvin Hook will be a beast week one. But I think the offense is too good where guys like McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, you don't really see that. They're like the only guys on the offense. Yeah, I I love Kamara this year, especially yeah. with Michael Thomas being out for a good chunk of time. Kamara is going to be an absolute work, workhorse this year. Yeah. One and thing I, also I want to point out yeah, is Kirk Cousins. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying Kamara could absolutely take RB one, two, three, four. He's going to be up there no matter what. Oh, for sure, for sure. And um, but the one thing I do want to point out about the Devil Cook thing is he has Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, and Kirk Cousins has been getting a lot of hate, and he actually fired back against one of the fans that was talking shit about him. And I don't remember what it was, but um. Basically, Kirk Cousins wants to have a good year. Be, having a good year is not going to be run the ball with Devin Cook all the time. He's going to want to throw the ball. He's going to want Mike Zimmer to let him throw the ball. He's going to take over that captain's fund. He's going to. I think he's going to have a good year. I honestly do. But I like don't guys think like he's going to have a bad year. Oh no! But like I'm saying, like guys like Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston, they don't have like. I mean, I'd like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, but I don't think they're Justin Jefferson out of deal material. I think Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston are going to really rely on Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield and Elvin Kamara out of the backfield, like passing to them too. That's why I think that that's the only reason I think they, they're higher than uh, Delvin Cook because their usage is going to be way higher than Delvin Cook's. Oh, I actually I think Kamara takes number one this year. My entire point is to get different. Yeah, for sure. For I, sure. I think the three are interchangeable. It used to be 
if you're doing multiple, if you do one draft, then I would take Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Ten out of ten. Yeah. But one thing also is like with this usage thing is Delvin Cook is very safe. He won't get hurt. You could see Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. You already saw Christian McCaffrey get hurt twice last year. You could see both of them get hurt because of how high the usage is. So, yeah. Delvin Cook is a way more safe option, like, if you wanted him to play the whole season. But I'm just saying if, if Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara both play all 17 games, you will see Delvin Cook in that run back, running back three spot. Well, right. Delvin Cook only played 14 games last year, so – I mean, it's really durability, and Dalvin Cook's been hurt, you know, uh, previous years. So it always comes down to durability with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it does. But I really hate drafting for any bit best ball or fantasy league based on how many injuries somebody's had. Yeah, because exactly. The majority of NFL players suffer injuries from time to time. Just because J.K. Dobbins scores ACL this year doesn't mean I don't want to take a look at him ne- next year. So why is Barkley falling? What's that? Why is Saquon Barkley falling? Um, because people are scared of him. Yeah, well, my league, um, people are scared of, obviously, him coming back from a 20 CL. They want to draft him super high. But also my thing was the two quarterbacks, two tight ends. Like, Darren Waller was going second round. Um, George Kittle was going second round. And then you had four quarterbacks go. So, out of the – Eight of the sixteen picks, or seven out of the sixteen picks, were quarterbacks and tight ends. Yeah, in a league like that, I can see that. But so I mean, like, yeah. most of the drafts I've done so far this year, Saquon's going in the first round, usually in the fifth spot. Yeah, one fifth, guy which, I've seen going way too high though is Austin Eckler. I don't know. Austin Eckler's in that new scheme. And that dude's a PPR machine. He is a PPR machine, a, but like late first round, early, I, I mean, I'm good with like a late second round, early third round. Like the guys there, or like late first, early second, I like them way more than Austin Eckler, especially with all, like, like what Dylan just pointed out. You can't really go injury history when you're drafting. But when's the last time that dude's played a full season? When's the last time Dalvin Cook's played a full season? Well, I really like, like Eckler. I, I got to disagree with you on this. I think in his new scheme, he's going to thrive. And I think one thing he's going to get more of that we haven't seen, he's going to get a lot more goal line work. And that, that's been the biggest thing he's been missing is being on the goal line. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying there. That's what he's already getting PPR-wise. He's going to have a really good year. And, I mean, yeah. I could be wrong because a new scheme, you never know how a player's going to react. Oh, for sure. For sure. But personally, I don't mind taking him late first. Now, there, there's quite a few players I would take over him, but. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. But, like, the only reason only I'm saying is, like, late first round, you, you would take Austin Eckler over a guy like um, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, or Devontae oh, Adams, I... or DeAndre Hopkins, or even a Travis Kelsey. Not, I'd not take him over. I'd take him over Nick Chubb. Yeah, I would, too. I would, too, honestly. Well, not only do I have all of those players ahead of Eckler, DeAndre Hopkins is my dark horse for top wide receiver this year. Yeah, me, too. I love DeAndre Hopkins this year. He's going way too late in drafts, honestly. But we'll get to that later. Okay, we are going way off tangents on other teams here. We're on the Vikings. Let's talk about the Vikings. The horrible things. 
right, so well, we talked the about their, their defense yeah. is a little below average. Target yeah. the run against them. Take Dalvin Cook against the Bengals. I love Thielen. Where Thielen's going in drafts, I absolutely love him. Oh, for sure. I think Thielen, okay, this is going to, obviously you all out there are probably going to disagree with me here, but I think Justin Jefferson's rookie season was a major fluke. I don't think he repeats that. I don't think he does what he does, and I don't think he gets that value where he's being drafted. I think Adam Thielen has a way better year. No, okay, I wouldn't say wait. I think he just has a better year than Justin Jefferson overall. I, I agree. Thielen has the experience, and he's been a number one wide receiver on his team for much longer than Jefferson has. Exactly. He's, he has he has that experience to stay consistent. Jefferson does. I think Wasn't Jefferson Thielen out I think he three to four. Yeah, was it Thielen out like three or four games with COVID last year too? I don't think so. Might be wrong. I'll have to read about that. But I think Thielen was out with something. Where Jefferson was like a lock in DFS for like three weeks. He was the only guy. Because um, I think it was the same time Delvin Cook was out. Or that I think it was one one of the weeks Delvin Cook missed. That Jefferson was the only guy. He was a lock. I remember that. But nonetheless, Justin Jefferson is going, in my opinion, with C.D. Lamb, he is going like where he, they should be drafting in Dynasty League. They're going way too high. Let's let's. I mean, I agree that uh, you know his rookie season was probably a little bit more because I mean he did finish top five last year in PPR, right? So mm-hmm. I do think that he definitely benefited from having Adam Thielen there, whether Adam Thielen missed a couple games or not. But I still think the kid's incredible. He's not going to be he's he still finished top ten receiving for me because the kid is talented. And plus, you know, Adam Thielen there, and they got uh, you know the tight end. I think. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be the number one guy, which I think that takes the focus off of him a little bit. But now he does got, you know, him coming in being the top five receiver having that year. There's more of a target on his head, so he will take a slide back. But that kid is ultra talented. But Thielen, obviously, I think gets the most targets, most catches in the game. But that's just for me. sure. I'm not. I'm not hating on just like I think Justin Jefferson will. Uh, Justin Jefferson will still have a good year. But I think Adam Thielen will have a better year. Personally, and I think he's like if I was in like the expert death, obviously, and I knew Adam Thielen wasn't gonna fall. I would take Adam Thielen before I take Justin Jefferson, but like I well, know, you know Adam Thielen's gonna fall, so I don't take him as high as I think he should be taken. So I know I'll have him later in the rounds. Well, I got the I got the numbers up here. So Thielen finished; he was a wide receiver eleven in PPR with sixteen point nine points per game, whereas Justin yeah. Jefferson was fifth. And he did 17.1. So that just shows you, like, six spots is only really, like, 0.2 points. Yeah, and, we're, and like, you're just – or Adam Thielen's being taken, like, 30 picks later than Justin Jefferson. And I think – I mean, they're, like, the same – and I think Justin Jefferson this year gets most of the defensive attention just because of the name and the all the hype around him. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Thielen is the same as, like um, – just comparing, you know, like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who don't get the respect that like Justin Jefferson did does because he makes extreme, uh, you know, nice catches. Yeah. Those dudes are top of the PPR too. So I agree with you. I think Adam Thielen is a steal. People are getting steals from him, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, that just benefits people like us who actually watch the games, who dissect the games, and it just helps us in these leagues. There's a lot of wide receivers like that that are going way later than they should 
not always, but a lot of the time because of a breakout season that happened last year. Like I love CD lamb, but he's going way too high and Amari Cooper is going too low. So I'm taking Cooper in that situation. Exactly. I love Jefferson, but he's going way too high and Thielen's going way too low. So I'm taking Thielen in that situation. I'm taking advantage of that cheap price. I'm getting. And another guy I think is going way too low is Tyler Lockett. We're not there yet. Uh, that team yet. But, I mean, I I got him in the like eighth, seventh, eighth round. He could be a he could oh, be a like, running back one. I I never never say no to Lockett. Lockett's always so much cheaper or going so much later than Metcalf that he's almost always a lock for me just because of how easy it is to get to him. Exactly. Like uh, that's what I'm saying. Like the those three teams, like CB Lamb and then Neymar Cooper, DK Metcalf, and then the Tyler Lockett. I would rather take a Tyler Lockett, a Adam Thielen, and a Amari Cooper and then bolster my running backs than take a GK Metcalf, CD Lamb, or uh, Justin Jefferson. There were three games. There was three games where Tyler Lockett scored over thirty points, which bolstered him up to the rankings. And then the other games, he just was trash. So well, those I, same I'm games. Not a big fan. Of Russell I Wilson lost. The story here is there's a ton of teams with a number two wide receiver who's just as good as the number one wide receiver, but the number one gets that attention that makes the number two the better option. I think a That's really good one for that this year is going to be the Titans because Julio Jones is their number two wide receiver. Yeah. When has he ever been a number two in his life? I will take him all day, every day where he's going. But like like where you said, you can't like you can't think of injuries. You can't think, oh, he's going to be out eight games. No, you got to think he's going to play the full season when you're drafting. You can't go, oh, I'm not going to draft like this Julio, guy. You could assume that dude's going to miss a couple games based on his his history. He's going to miss a couple games. He misses a couple games every year. Even if it's not the playoff games. He's going so low in ADP that I don't mind him missing a couple games. Yeah. He's going so low that in my last fantasy draft, he's in my flex spot. Yeah. I don't mind taking that chance on somebody like that. Or Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's going so low that I could probably have him as a bench player. One guy yeah. who is who I think is having a really good year this year. Um, no, I'm not even going to go there because we're on the Vikings. And we'll talk about the guy I'm talking about tomorrow because they're in the, the AFC. We're gonna, next episode will be AFC. This episode's NFC, so we'll get to that tomorrow. But, yeah. The only other dude I think we haven't hit on was, I, I think we touched on him a little bit with the Vikings, Irv Smith Jr. I think he's prone to have a big year. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, he's out like maybe the first couple games. He's got a meniscus he had to have surgery on. So I would watch out yeah. for that. But in this offense, in this offense, especially with their defense not being top tier, they're going to pass the ball. And I think yeah. he does benefit. From that, especially with Kyle Rudolph, is no longer in Minnesota. So he is the number one tight end. I think he does benefit. I think he does take advantage of some of these uh, teams that doesn't have good linebacker core who won't be able to stick with them. So I would definitely – he's definitely a sleeper for me, which he might not even be a sleeper to most people. He might be on top people's boards. But I think a good year. I don't think he is a sleeper at this point. I've seen a lot of people saying he's in the top ten for this year. Yeah, I don't think there's a league where he's like someone. I mean, there's leagues, but like in most leagues, he's a, he's a starting tight end. As I've said, though, the difference between tight end two and tight end ten is like four points. So, 
I mean, I'm generally in outside of Dale. Well, well, I, I wouldn't say tight end too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kelsey, yeah Darren, Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller are like having a receiver. Yeah, Waller is on another level. I think, I think, I think between one and two, he's a, there's a, Kelsey and everyone. There's a huge no matter what. Kelsey is the yeah. clear cut number one. But then I think two and three with Waller and Kittle are also in their own category. Before you get to four through. And before you get to Hawkinson, Andrews, and Pitts, which I would pair them three yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, and then six through ten is just they're either going to get you no pick points a, or they're going to get you ten. No, pick a name no. out of a hat at that point. Well, I'm actually legit, legitimately watching fantasy shows. That's the stat that I saw. The difference between tight end two and tight end ten last year was four points, and then the difference well, between fifteen. It's, it's hard to believe up. that. It's hard to believe that because Darren Waller. He's, he was the number two last year, and the Kittle was hurt. So that 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 part might be true, right? Kittle's hurt, but well, it might have been between Dan, three and ten then, but it was a very large gap, and it was a very small amount of points. Because Dan yeah. Waller had like ninety receptions for a thousand something yards, like thirty yeah, yards. Waller, yeah. So like, yeah, I think he's, he's a stud. Yeah, I think Kittle is, or not Kittle. I think Kelsey's basically guaranteed for eighteen to twenty points each week. Or I just think he's guaranteed for twenty each week. I think oh, Darren consistent. Waller and Kittle are guaranteed you 15. I think Pitts, Andrews, and Hawkinson are guaranteeing you 10 each week. But then after that, six through whatever, you're really picking and choosing. They're going to get you like three points, or they're going to get you 10 to 11. You never know. You could literally drop a tight end and pick up a tight end based on matchups at this point. Yeah, exactly. And if, you're not, if you don't get – Yeah, if you don't get a Kelsey – you don't want to take another tight end, honestly, until the late second round. Maybe exactly. take a Waller or a Kittle late second round. And if you don't get one of those, don't take another tight end until round five or six. I wouldn't reach for a Hawkinson. I wouldn't reach for a Pitts. I wouldn't reach for a Andrews in round four, three or four because they're only going to get you know, like eight to ten points each week when you can get like, let's say, like where these guys are going in drafts, like Tyler Locker or David Montgomery who are going to get 10 to 15 each week. They're guaranteeing you to get those. They're going to score more each week is what I'm saying. That's my exact point. I'm not – my five, my favorite tight end that I've taken in most of my drafts, we'll talk about on our next team, Robert Tanyan. He's going late. He's going way late. I can get another wide receiver or another running back in place of getting a tight end because I'm not taking Waller and I'm not taking Andrews and I'm not taking Kittle. Because as good as they are, they're still – a much bigger difference between getting that next wide receiver or the next running back. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm not going to reach for Irv Smith in any draft unless he falls to me in a late round after I've already set up my wide receivers and running backs. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, I think that's enough of uh, Vikings talking and going to uh, who we think is going to win the... Uh... Okay, how about this? Before we move on, let's say... Record predictions. Lions go five and twelve. Bears go seven and seven and ten. I think you're giving the Bears too much credit. I think they only I think, I think with Justin Fields, they, I think with Justin Fields they win more games than I think okay, we'll go six and eleven for them. And then the Vikings, I think they surprise you. I think you go they go nine and nine and eight. I think the Vikings are a playoff. With the playoffs being expanded, I think there's a possibility. 10 and 7? Is that respectable? Yeah. 
I agree with that, and I think they're a playoff contender with the playoffs being expanded. Yeah, I think they're in for that seven. I'm gonna go ten and seven, but it's gonna be very close. With obviously, we'll get to them later with that NFC West, but we'll get to them later. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, who we think's gonna win the division is the Green Bay Packers, and the last dance. This will be the last time we say Green Bay Packers number one for a, a while. So maybe. In terms of the history of Green Bay quarterbacks, it's kind of hard. <laughs> they're going to leave or retire or do anything. Yeah. Next year, we could see Rodgers in a Jets jersey, or we could see him in a Green Bay jersey. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, I think Rodgers is in Denver next year. No, I think if Rodgers goes to any team, it's a legitimate team that has legitimate Super Bowl hopes, and all they it's are is the Denver Broncos, in my opinion. If Javante Williams has a good year, you got that receiver core of Jerry, Judy, um, Cortland Sutton, if he stays healthy, and then you add maybe the guy, his favorite, you add him for a year and a half, you get Javante Adams. I mean, yeah, it's a... He already, he already said he was interested in Denver, so... I think there's a lot of places where Rodgers could go, but... Yeah. As it, as it has been with Rodgers, it's all going to be about what he wants. Exactly. And I don't think he wants to follow in Manning's footsteps and have a last dance in in Denver. I don't know about that. I mean, Denver was one of the three. What were the other? Someone pull up. Because I, I know he gave out the list of teams he wanted. And Denver was uh, part Sa- of that. San Francisco. Yeah. Was the other one. But I, I, don't, I don't know if they moved Trey Lance for him. No, no. They might. I mean, I, I mean, depending on where they're at, you know. I mean, it depends on the kind of year Trey Lance has. If Trey Lance plays and he does okay but not great, they might just move him to number two again and start Rodgers and let him have a year under Rodgers. I think it was the three three West teams, Denver, Oakland, and San Fran. I think those are the three. I think yeah, Oakland is dark horse for that. But I think they're. I think Derek Carr is very solid. I think he's. I think they're gonna have a good year this year. We'll get to him later. I think he's solid, but I don't think he's great. And I think Gruden would move heaven and earth to get Rodgers if he could. Yeah. Heck, I think Mariota's solid, but he's not Rodgers. <laughs> well, in terms of. <laughs> There's a ton of options on Green Bay. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I I mean, in terms of non-running quarterbacks, Rodgers is one of the first ones I want to take off the board. Yeah. He's got he's got a tough matchup week one against New Orleans. But, I mean, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is matchup proof. Him and Devontae Adams are, like, so in sync with each other right now, it's ridiculous. And plus, yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's definitely. If this is the last dance, he's going to go out with a bang. Just, I mean, hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see them making the hump over to the getting the Super Bowl because Tampa Bay. But I mean, I think they'll have a great year. I think he'll have a great year. He's always uh, an efficient quarterback, and I mean, he's top three at least. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I agree, it's going to be very tough for them to win a Super Bowl this year or even get to it. But, I mean, they have a great receiving core, they have great running backs, and they have 
one of the best quarterbacks of all time. In, yeah. in terms of fantasy, I don't mind taking shots at any of their running their I don't I definitely don't mind Jones. He's going in first round in every draft. Devontae Adams, he's going in the first round of every draft. I don't think he's wide receiver one this year. But he's probably really? helped. Who you got I, who you got one as uh PPR receiver? DeAndre Hopkins. I love DeAndre Hopkins, but here's my thing with uh DeAndre Hopkins is I'm not as big a fan of Kyler Murray as I am Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a throwing quarterback, whereas Kyler Murray's a little mixture of both. So if it was me, I'd rather take the quarterback who or the receiver who has the better quarterback, which I in my opinion is Aaron Rodgers. I agree with that, but Normally, DeAndre Hopkins is the is the most talented receiver by far. His hands, his route running, he's definitely the best in in my opinion. I think Devontae Adams, and this is why I'm taking Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson and even Josh Allen in some drafts this year. I think he follows the Lamar Jackson path, and he works a lot on his passing this offseason, and he's less dependent on his run game. Oh, I love Kyler Murray as a PP or as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think Murray still has the great run game, but I think he becomes less dependent on this year, and he works on his throwing game more, and he has a great year. And I think because of that, Hopkins benefits, and he's going to be wide receiver one. Yeah. But I think Adams is more than likely still going to be top. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Also, another guy I really like, and might not be much of a surprise, but Randall Cobb. So, um, Aaron Rodgers has been saying all training camp that he's just been wowed by Randall Cobb's play, and the whole organization is in love with how Randall Cobb has been doing in training camp. So, I think he's, especially with that connection with Rodgers, I think he'll he'll be a very, very solid wide receiver, too, for Green Bay. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Randall Cobb is living with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, I did yeah, not say. yeah, they're they're uh, they're currently roommates. So Randall Cobb actually lives with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how for how long, but uh, obviously with Randall Cobb just getting back there, you know, because he was there before. But yeah, uh, he's him and Aaron Rodgers are roommates, so the connection, uh, the chemistry, everything should be there. Yeah, because I mean, you you can't yeah. you can't trust Marquez Valdez Scanling. I tell you that that dude's as inconsistent as they come. And I mean, I agree with that, but in terms of what Green Bay thinks right now, MVS is still their number two, and Lazard is still their number three. Lazard had a pretty good. He was having pretty good years, and he injured what his core was his core last year. He was having a pretty good year. Yeah. I like this hard. I the only guys I'm really interested in taking fantasy wise outside of daily fantasy obviously are Rogers, Jones, Adams, and Tony. Yeah, that's my only that's my only I, ones too. I think week to week there'll definitely be situations where MBS and Lazard and Cobb even are good options, but I don't want them in anything season long. No. 
But I mean, another thing we got to talk about is how long is Bakhtiari going to be out? Because that's definitely going to affect Rogers and Jones. Yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, Bakhtiari can make a case for the best left tackle in the league. Yeah, for sure. And having him be out is going to make a huge difference in the run game and the pass game. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, at least the first couple of weeks of the season, I'm not looking at Jones, I'm not looking at Rodgers, and I'm not looking at any of their pass catchers. Season long, I'm okay with taking them because Bakhtiari will be back. But I think a lot of people are underselling the fact that he's out still. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of defense, I mean, I like Green Bay's defense. They have a solid defense. It's not elite, but it's good. Yeah. I really like them. Another middle of the pack defense for sure. I'd say a little bit better than middle of the pack. I'd say they're above average. Yeah, for sure. They're not Tampa Bay, but they're pretty good. Yeah. It's not a defense I'm generally looking to target at any point. No, not at all. But it's also not a defense that hugely benefits Aaron Jones. They're not going to be up by enough that they're just – Jamming Aaron Jones up the middle every play. Yeah, you know they got a uh, first couple tough matchups except for Detroit Week Two. They play New Orleans, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. Three out of the first four games. That's some pretty good defenses. Yeah, especially if they don't have Bakhtiari. If they don't have Bakhtiari, those first couple games are going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, personally, my prediction for Green Bay. Is they go twelve and five this season? Yeah, I, I'm going to go a little more than that. I think they go thirteen and four. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those projections. But uh, I mean, they got they got to play Kansas City at Kansas City. They play Baltimore at Baltimore. They got to play San Francisco at San Francisco at New Orleans. Orleans. They I think they New win New Orleans. Though. I think they win New Orleans. I think they win San Fran. I think they win Baltimore. Well, they got two wins automatically. They play the Lions. Yeah, and they play the Bears, too. And they play the Bears. I think they win all six games in this division. I I can definitely see that. I don't. I can't argue with them winning all their division games. But I think how, depending on how long Bakhtiari is out, it definitely brings their win projection down for me. Yeah. All right, so we ready to uh, move on? Absolutely. All right, what division, guys? We're gonna okay. I'll just pick. Um, we're gonna move on to the uh, NFC East now, and uh, start with the uh, New York Giants. Oh, the Giants! Yes. I predict that they're going to suck this season. I don't think they'll suck, but I think they'll be below average. I predict that they will lose the NFC East. They will be in last place. Oh, that, yeah, I think they'll be in last place, too. But I think that division will be a lot closer than people think, and it won't be bad. I don't think it only will be like last year's. But I think the division will still be close. 
I, I really don't feel like the Giants have improved much this offseason. Oh, they have improved a lot. I, I think they've improved, but not a ton. I think their wide receivers are good if Galladay stays healthy. Well, they get first started. They get Saquon back after missing all of last year, so they improved there too. Well, I don't count that as an improvement. I count that as, well, they have their guy. They they don't have any real depth after him still. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm them, I'd look to at least add some depth. They didn't even keep the guys they added to replace him last year. Was there, I'm going to the depth chart. Yeah, they used their first-round pick on um, Tony, the receiver. They yeah, got I mean, Galladay. Yeah, I, I mean, they got Tony, who could be good, but they're not even going to have him starting. He's not be a yeah, they got, the ultimate, uh, they got the ultimate tease in Evan Ingram every year. It's supposed to be, you know, I mean, he's ultra-talented. He's athletic. He just, I don't, for whatever, it might be Daniel Jones, for all I know, or it might be the scheme, but he never lives up to the hype. I mean, I really, I really don't like Daniel Jones. I don't either. Uh, that's my biggest issue with the Giants. I don't think they should have drafted Jones. I think he went way too high in the draft. I think there's plenty of quarterbacks after him that they should have looked at. Well, they should have looked at upgrading their offensive line because they're one of the worst. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, they they're not even giving Jones a chance. He's got to run for his life. Yeah. Yeah, I do not get that. I do not get that Kadarius Tony pick at all. I mean, they got Gane Slayton, um, Shepard. They just signed. They signed John Ross to that decently priced contract. Yeah, I mean, they they their first round pick was something they didn't need. So they're saying they're going to use him as a kick returner, but that's what John Ross well, they, is doing. They did just do a trade. They did a trade today. Did you guys see the trade that they did today? No. They traded B.J. Hill, which is their defensive tackle, for Billy Price from the Bengals center. Mm. Which Billy Price wasn't good at Cincinnati, but sometimes we've seen it too many times where a player goes somewhere else and in a different scheme. Maybe Billy Price is going to be better. Who knows? I mean, maybe, but they're not starting him. They're starting Nick Gates. So Yeah, I mean, but Billy Price is a first-round pick. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe he, you know, maybe they try to put him at a different position, maybe guard or something where they're, you know, I mean they're they're like probably bottom three offensive line. But and I lied, they did add depth behind Barkley. They, I forgot they added Devonta Book. I like him. So if Barkley goes down again, they have a decent backup. Yeah. But I mean, they still have almost no O line, and from what I've seen from their starting O line so far, it's bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have a quarterback that I think is below average. Oh, yeah, Daniel Jones. I'm not a big fan. I mean, really, when you're looking at this team, um, it's really to see, like, I want to see how Barkley responds. I want to see how, if if Galladay stays healthy. Yeah. He, he's definitely an elite receiver oh, if he's he, healthy. Oh, 100%. He's so fucking good. Oh, he I is. Mean, it doesn't matter how good your wide receiver is if your quarterback can't get the ball out. Yeah. I mean, and but listen, Andy Dalton wasn't that great in Cincinnati, and A.J. Green made A.J. Green made him look like a stud. 
at in certain places. Like that dude was overthrowing AJ Green, and AJ Green still got his numbers. Here, here's how I feel about Daniel Jones, and it's completely opposite of Andy Dalton. Daniel Jones feels like a run first quarterback that can't run very well. Yeah. He is more likely to stop going through his progressions and run the ball than he is to try to make that second and third wide receiver. But you do got to give him some credit. It's like the Teddy Bridgewater situation with um, Carolina last year. He, in his rookie year, 2019, he only played like half the season, right? Holy shit, one second. The, as we're recording this, the Diamondbacks playing in uh, Kettle Marte at a grand slam. Anyway. Um, Daniel Jones in 2018 played half the year, kind of Eli Manning. They kind of switched, went back and forth. Was, you never knew what was going on with them, too. But um, then last year, he didn't have his running back. He didn't have his and like running backs take a big load off your back. Like you saw it with uh, Minnesota when Adrian Peterson was gone. You saw it with the Carolina last year when Christian McCaffrey was gone. I mean, the dude really hasn't had a real opportunity with a healthy team. And, like, his wide receiver, Sterling Shepard's always hurt. Darius Slayton's always hurt. I mean, you could say something about Kenny Gallagher. But Daniel Jones really hasn't had his full team playing with him for, like, six weeks. I mean, he hasn't. But if there was any year where you could show that you're worth something in the NFL in any division – it would have been last year in the NFC East, no matter who's on your team. Yeah, Philadelphia. He, he had Brian, or he had freaking, what's his face? Injury prone Devontae Freeman as his running back, who can't do anything. I mean, he, his running I mean, backs couldn't even get like three yards of carry. For a chunk of the la- last year was Travis Fulgham. And they sucked. And yet, the Giants didn't do anything last year. I mean, they were like one game behind the Giants, though. And they had a better um, defense, in my opinion. I mean, the Eagles defense isn't great, but their defenses are similar. And, I mean, their teams are really similar, in my opinion, last year. They finished around the same. In in my opinion, in terms of fantasy, there's nobody on this team I want. The only person I might want is Saquon. But he's going in the first round. And behind that offensive line, I don't want my running back going in the first round. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, but I'll also take Kenny Galladay later where he's going, he's going pretty late. I'll also take some shots later in rounds on Evan Ingram. I might take flyers on him, and depending on how they do, daily fantasy, things change week to week. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, I mean, Evan Ingram might do what he's been supposed to do for the past few years, and I might be like, you know what, I want to take shots at Evan Ingram. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be weeks when – I'm like, you know what? Saquon's behind the shit O-line, but I'm going to take a shot at him this week. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure sure there's no weeks where I'm going to want to target Daniel Jones. No. Uh, If Shepard and Slayton stay healthy, I I really doubt there's any weeks I'm going to want them over Galladay. Yeah, for sure. And the Giants' defense, it's not horrible, but it's not great. They've got some good players on their defense, but they don't have a complete defense, in my opinion. I, I kind of like their secondary. It's solid with uh, Bradbury. He was really solid last year. I also I really like, like Adoree. I like Bradbury. I like Peppers. 
but it's you know, just not yeah. complete defense. Those guys have to do too much to really yeah. show how good they are. Because their defense, their defensive line can't get any pressure, so it's really they're getting used way too much. Yeah, I mean, they might. Ha- Bradbury might be the left, the best quarterback in the league, but we're never really going to know how good he is because he's not in a complete defense that's putting pressure on the offense and giving him. Uh, they're giving the quarterback time. He's got to keep up with that wide receiver for way too long. Yeah, running running backs are going to have a really good year against. This Giants defensive line. Oh, absolutely. In terms of targeting against the Giants, I'll do that often. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, yeah. as of right now, I really don't see any reason to go for anybody on the Giants team. If yeah. Saquon put in the second round, I'd take him. But in the first round, yeah. I'm, I see him going as high as four and five. I don't want him. You can see the Giants defense, like, what people, the optimizers are going to see is you're going to see the first three weeks of the year, they're going to be higher rated than they're going to be. I mean, they play the Broncos, the football team, and the Falcons. Their secondary is solid, where they can lock down guys like Judy and guy like Courtland Sutton, but, like, Who's going to play between Javante? They're going to still be trying out that Javante, Melvin, Gorthy. I don't think playing both of them as much as they're going to do in week one, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think the Broncos' running back system is going to do well week one. But the Giants' defense is solid week one against the football team. I mean, they're going to suck against Antonio Gibson, but they have no really receivers besides McLaurin to stop. I'll give respect to Curtis Samuel. We'll get to that later. But and then the Falcons with Mike Davis. Like, their defense, they're not really playing a true running back until week four. I'm sorry, you Antonio Gibson lovers, but two weeks, two, I'll, I'll put them in there. Just because they're in between the Falcons and Broncos. I, I think I like, defense, yeah. I don't mind Davis. I think he had a really good year last year. But I don't think he gets used as much in the Falcons offense as he did in Carolina's. No. And that's what I'm saying. I think the Giants' offense or defensive line will be very highly rated compared to where they should be. And which is, I'm saying, going into week four when they play the Saints and Elvin Kamara, all those they're optimizers good. aren't, they're not, no one's going to be on Elvin Kamara because of the Giants' like defensive rating versus running backs. Well, you're wrong about that because we will be. Oh, and that's why, oh, for sure. That's will be. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, us. I'm saying like the optimizers, like the people that look at numbers. Like, the Giants' defensive rating versus running backs on the on paper will be will be higher than it should be against running backs is what I'm saying because of the running backs they play. I agree with that. I very much agree with that. And I, like I said, at no point am I going to be like, "Hey, that Giants' defense is really good. Hey, Giants are going to be a good team this year." Exactly. I, I think they're losing the NFC East. I think they're getting a very high draft pick. Yeah. And, I hope for their sakes they either use it to get another really good wide receiver because they can definitely upgrade on Shepard. Outside of Galladay, I think it's going to be easy for them to upgrade a wide receiver. I think they need to work on their D-line and O-line. That's what they need to spend their next three or four-year first-round picks on. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. If not wide receiver, they need to go O-line. Personally, I'd go O-line first, but... 
as I saw this year with the Bengals, teams would rather take their wide receiver than O-line. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, unless size has anything to add, I think we're good on the Giants. Yeah. No, nah, we spent way too much time on that team. <laughs> All right, time to move on to our, who I think is going to finish third. And this team actually finished first last year. Are we all in agreement that we think the Washington football team is going to finish third? Yes. <laughs> okay. I think the Washington football team will finish third in this division this year. I, I think they finish third depending on which fits they get. If it's Fitzmagic, they can finish second. But yeah. he's not consistent enough to be that all season. No, he's not. I think their defense can get them past the Eagles. Their defense is really good. I like the Eagles this year, though. Fantastic. I think they have one of the best defenses this season, but I think their offense just can't cut it. I like the Eagles um, this season. Their, their offense, um, I, depending on Fitzpatrick, obviously. I mean, you got Antonio Gibson. He's, he's pretty solid. I think they'll use him more in the passing game, him and J.D. McKissick, obviously. But you got to love Scary Terry. Uh, they, got this young, they got this young kid who, if you haven't watched preseason, Deami Brown. He's definitely another deep threat for them. Like, and it, that goes well for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who loves to sling the ball. And Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is a good tight end. I will I'm say, Thomas, Thomas is one of my other favorite tight ends to target. He's going low enough that I'm not worried about how big the difference between tight end three and tight end ten or whatever is. I like Thomas, and I think Thomas is going to be a good target for Fitzpatrick. Miami was in the playoff hunt when Fitzpatrick was in there, and then they switched to Tua. Well, so were the fucking players. So, the AFC was weird. I think the biggest thing is Fitzpatrick just isn't consistent. He's one of those four high ceiling guys that could get you in deep into the playoffs, or he could get you a top ten pick. But I think that makes I think that makes Terry McLaurin more valuable. Like, I, I, even though he might be, even though Fitzpatrick might be inconsistent and not win you a game, I think he does increase Terry McLaurin's numbers. Like Terry McLaurin was what, like probably top thirty last year. I think he definitely finishes in the top twenty of the receivers this year, just because Fitzpatrick is going to get on the ball. That's the same thing. I had Devontae Parker last year for fantasy. Loved when Fitzpatrick played. Then when Tua came in, I couldn't play Devontae Parker because Tua couldn't get on the ball. I can care less if they win the game or not. I want I want them to get the points. Yeah. I really like McLaurin this year. I don't know exactly where he's going at in drafts. It's all over. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he's going anywhere extremely consistent. I'm seeing him going number twenty seven. I don't think I want him no, thirty two. Thirty two is his average right now. That's all they got him about eleventh uh receiver. That's all. Yeah, That's I, don't, I, don't, I don't want him that high with the inconsistency. But in terms of daily fantasy, I'm I'm positive there's going to be a lot of matchups against the Giants, against the Eagles, against the Cowboys that more than likely week to week I might like him. Yeah. It's going to depend a lot on how Fitzpatrick starts the season. Mm-hmm. I think Gibson's going to be a lot better of a target than McLaurin most of the season. For sure. In terms of season-long fantasy, Thomas is my favorite target from uh, Washington just because I can get him at a lower cost. Yeah, for sure. 
the only thing I don't like about Washington football team this year. Other than that, that name. What? I said other than that name. Yeah. I don't like how, like, I don't think Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin are going to fit together. I really liked Samuel last year, but I don't think he's number two wide receiver. I think he's much better as the gadget guy. The guy you're slot like, receiver. The guy you're doing sweeps with. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what they've been using Terry McLaurin for. Usually they've been, he's been the slot guy. And so how are you going to work those two? I mean, I mean, you can make Terry McLaurin a deep threat, but he's too small to be jumping over. I mean, okay. He makes those catches, but I don't think he's going to be like, he doesn't have the size, like a Kenny Dolly, or like, you mean said Diami Brown, or like, Devontae. He doesn't have the size to go up and win the jump, all the jump balls all the time. He'll make some of them. Like he does. But he's a natural born slot receiver with that speed, like a Tyree Till. How are you going to play Ty- Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel in the same offense when they both are slot receivers? It I can think- work, but it's going to be difficult. I think that, for one, their offense is going to be really interesting to watch to begin the season. Yeah. I, I think it could be something great, or it could be horrible. I think a lot of it depends on the success. A lot of it depends on how they move this and connect. Exactly. They develop a good chemistry, and they can figure out how to work together. I think they'll have a very, I don't yeah. want to say dynamic, but a, a very interesting offense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I really like... Gibson so far, and I do think with a quarterback like Fitzpatrick, they are going to rely heavily on their defense and their running game. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of season-long fantasy, I really love taking their defense. Yeah, so do I. Most of the time, I don't. Their defense is going to keep them in ball games. Exactly. They're going to rely heavily on their defense. They're going to get a lot of interceptions. They're going to get a ton of sacks. So I mean, it's that's another def- that's another reason I love Gibson because they're not going to get down so much that they can't use him anymore. Exactly, like teams they rely on him very heavily. They're going to rely on keeping the game slow, keeping their defense fresh, and trying to keep the score. But one thing you do have to point out though is that Ron Rivera last year or Scott Turner, one of them too, they used J.D. McKissick a lot, a lot. Like, they, out of the backfield for passing? Partially because of just how much they depend on their running backs, how much they use their running backs. Yeah. But again, I, that was also without um, – they didn't really have a pass catcher outside of Terry McLaurin last year, so it made sense. But no, now they added Curtis Samuel. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson caught passes in college. I just don't think they wanted to put all that workload on a rookie. I think – uh, Gibson does catch his more catch more passes out of the backfield this year because if you go to his uh, college stats, he did catch balls. It's not that he can't catch balls. I just think because he was a rookie, they didn't want to use him like that. Yeah, that's possible. And, and so, have as much workload on the running game as they're going to have, you need to have a reliable number two that you can get in there to catch passes or to be your third down back. Yeah, I mean, wasn't their number two receiver last year, Cam Sims? Yes. Now he's at number four. So it's definitely an increase where you don't need to use J.D. McKissick as much. But, 
and I still see a lot of people drafting him. I don't think McKissick is a Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's a viable option in season-long drafts. And I don't like the idea of uh, your handcuffed draft pick that you're waiting on Gibson to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, McKissick is not a three-down back, so I don't know why they would do that. I'd rather handcuff another person's back with high upside, like Mattinson or somebody like that, then if I was a draft Gibson, I'm not picking McKissick. I'm picking like somebody like Mattinson with high upside, Jamal Williams with high upside. If Swift goes down, why waste a pick on McKissick? Yeah. It happens somehow. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're taking a running back number one overall, you should always draft their backup for your last pick. My opinion. I don't, I agree. don't even agree with that. I like if I'm drafting Christian McCaffrey number one, I'm drafting a different backup with my very last pick in the hopes that I still have Christian McCaffrey and I get another viable, cheap backup. Like, my favorite backup to take if I'm handcuffing somebody right now is Kenyon Drake because he's the most likely to stay as an RB1 if he if he gets in there. Yeah, I mean, he's going way late in drafts, but... It's for reasonable. If Josh Jacobs stays healthy, Kenny Drake really isn't going to see much playing time. No, he doesn't, and that's why I would take him with my very last pick. But I don't like the idea of handcuffing overall. I mean, I, I mean, you're never really going to play that last guy, in my opinion. So like, I'll handcuff. Like, if I, I, if I had Chris McCaffrey and he's been kind of hurt the last two years, I'm taking Chubba Hubbard, no matter what. He's going to be solid if he's a running back one. I mean, you're, I mean, it's like that means you'll have an option really, like right there, if uh, McCaffrey's done for you. But in the same sense, I also like taking flyers on guys and offenses that are going to be horrible that you don't know exactly who's going to pan out where. Like oh, in one sure. of my more recent drafts, I took Mark Ingram because yeah. it's very likely that he might be him or Philip Lindsay is going to be running back one for Houston. Yeah. Which sounds gross. Oh, you can't forget about former number one fantasy running back David Johnson, too. Well, for some reason, Houston hates him, so. Yeah. Yeah, they like uh, Philip Lindsay down there, don't they? They they like Ingram and Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. I, I stay with the whole running back situation down there in Houston. I, I stay away from the whole Houston team because it's Sean Watson, but <laughs> it's whatever. I think Brandon Cooks is, like, the only guy you can take from that team, but, yeah. I've already ruled Deshaun Watson out. If I take anybody on that team, uh, I'm not doing it with Deshaun Watson in mind. No. It's Tyrod no. Taylor season. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully he yeah. doesn't like to puncture lungs. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. But you, got, you guys agree that Washington is going to finish third. I think they finished second because of their defense. But, I mean, I think you can go either way because I, I I don't really – I'm not big on Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is better this season than they were last season. I so think her to Philadelphia. season does really well. That was a good transition, wasn't it, Ryan? Yes, it was a great transition. But I, I'm high. I'm high on Devontae Smith. Oh, Devontae so Smith's route running is in, incredible. It reminds but me a lot of Devontae Adams right running. I'm not big on Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. I am like, huge you know, on a, Jalen Hurts this year. A, a real mean. A, a real life quarterback? 
Fantasy, yes, obviously. He runs the ball, he throws the ball, but he completed only 52% of his passes last year, which he was dead last. Yeah, but who was on that team last year? It don't matter. Jalen Rager was hurt. Alshon Jeffrey was hurt. I mean, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's on the team anymore, but. Okay, well, okay, to be fair, we'll give him this year. Cause, uh, well, I mean, he did have Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was. Bringing had Travis Fogelman and JJ Arcadio Whiteside as his wires, or his, yeah, wide receivers. Well, we'll see who he's, he's got Devontae Smith. You know, wasn't Miles Jaylen Sanders Rager. hurt at the end of the year? So then. No, Miles Sanders came back. He was hurt at the beginning of the year, but he came back, but he might as well have stayed hurt because he, I had him on my year long fantasy team because he's ultra talented running back. Could do it all, and he just—he. I think he's a bounce back year this year, but um, nonetheless, I love Jalen. I mean, Jalen Rager's like a fucking beast. He's looked amazing, and he's made two great. He's just looked really good in training camp, and the guy so looks you, really good as their wide receiver. Taking him over Justin Jefferson. Oh, I'm just saying, like Philadelphia you did. Take him over Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I know, I know. You can have both. Yeah. I, I know. I just don't know how they... We'll see how up. Jalen Hurts does, because I think Devontae Smith transforms into a true wide receiver one. Just, I mean, that dude... I, I've, I've watched that dude in preseason and watched that dude in training camp. That dude runs impeccable routes. Like, that dude's yeah. a sub. I, well, I, I think would... it's a lot that they already have him listed as their number one wide receiver. Yeah. So I, I like Smith. I really like Rager. I really like the number three, too. Watkins? Yeah, Quez Watkins. He is a fucking stud. I mean, here's the biggest thing I can say about Philly. Their number one wide receiver for a good portion of last year was Fulgham, and he's their number five right now. Yeah. Well, they had Greg Ward, too. He was the uh, most targeted Eagle in 2020. Oh, he's a number four. But, yeah. So, yeah. so, obviously, their offense is upgraded. They have – I'm not targeting any of their tight ends because if they keep Zach Ertz, then they have pretty much two number one tight ends. Yeah, if, if Ertz goes down or gets traded, then Dallas Goddard is definitely worth targeting. Yeah, but, but until that happens, and I personally don't think it happens. No, not in the next 10 days or whatever, 14 days. No. Yeah, I, I don't think it happens, then I can't target their tight ends. I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to have a great season. I, I'm i not in love with Sanders. I don't, I'm not taking him where he's going in fantasy right now. There there will be weeks where I play him, but they have a reliable backup who's going to play some. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts takes a lot away from the run game. From from a from a DFS or a fantasy standpoint, Jalen Hurts is definitely going to be up there. But like, if it was my favorite team, I would rather a different quarterback than Jalen Hurts in real life. I can say there's a lot of starting quarterbacks I would take Jalen Hurts at. Oh yeah, like uh, golf. Yeah, of course. Like Daniel Jones. Tua. I don't know. Tua's looking better than she. Dude, uh, Miami wants to trade for Deshaun Watson. That just shows you – that just tells you everything you need to know about that situation down there. They do not believe in Tua. I don't believe in Tua. Like, Tua I hurt don't, so bad last year. I personally don't think anybody is trading for Deshaun Watson. Just based on what Houston is asking for, they're asking for a ridiculous price that a quarterback – for a quarterback that might not even play. Yeah. For a quarterback like that might not ever be able to play again. 
I don't like their asking price for him either. They was asking what three first round picks or something? Oh, like four or five. With the way most head coaches in the NFL act, Flores didn't say whether they want to draft for Deshaun Watson or not. Speaking from a statistical standpoint. 99% of the teams in the NFL should watch Sean Watson because he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, for sure. I think if he doesn't have – if they that, um, that uh, whole legal mess clears, I think four first-round picks is what, team, what is good for him. I mean, the dude's only 26 years old. Yeah, and he is fantastic. He could be a top three quarterback. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's like Stafford's like, how old? 33, 34? I don't know how old he is, but he's got two first round picks. I mean, in the starting TV. I don't want to sound stupid and say, I don't want this quarterback. I'm just going to not answer the question. So I don't think Miami doesn't believe in Tua. And I don't think that they're actively trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. I just think their head coach doesn't want to sound like an idiot and say, I don't like Deshaun. Yeah, and from what I've been seeing, biggest question mark for them isn't Tua; it's their offensive line. They got to keep Tua on his feet. Yeah, for sure. I think the Patriots should trade for Sean Watson because obviously Bill Belichick doesn't give two shits about anything. So I think they give Mac Jones up and couple first. They don't really care about the first round picks anyway. <laughs> If it weren't for the legal situation, I'd give any of the quarterbacks from this year up for Deshaun Watson because you know what you're getting. You're yeah. getting quarterbacks. You're done for the next 10 years at least. Yeah, with, but with the legal situation, you just can't. Exactly. And if he gets found guilty, nobody will because he probably won't play again. Yeah. So I don't think any team is going to trade for him. And I think any team that's rumored to trade for him the coach is just going to play dumb and say, oh, well, I'm more worried about our guys right now, not guys that we might get in the future. Yeah, exactly. So personally, when it comes to Tua, I think another year removed from injury, having an actual off season, he's going to be better this year. Oh, Otherwise, sure. they try to keep Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 100%. But when it comes to Philadelphia, I mean, a lot of people are down on Hurts because they traded for Gardner Minshew. I think that says more about Flacco than it says about Hurts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if Hurts is falling in any drafts, I would take him. Yeah, I, I love Jalen Hurts this year. Jalen Hurts is a viable option week one versus Atlanta, for sure. Oh, He's my cash quarterback right now. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we'll see how we'll see how Hurts does week two against San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, in terms of defense, Philadelphia's doesn't scare me. No, no. no. That's why I think Washington finishes ahead of them. Yeah, they should 100. percent uh, no, I mean, no, no, they shouldn't. I think I think Philly finishes ahead of them. Uh, based on defense, Washington should finish ahead of them, but I just don't think Washington's offense gets it done. Not unless they I, use those wide receivers together. I think Washington's offense is better than Philly's. 
I don't. Not at all. Not any one bit. Yeah, no. I think Phillies is better. Uh, unless you get Fitz Magic 10 out of 17 weeks this year. And I, I think, think you can physically argue a Giants. I think the the Washington football team will be closer to the Giants than they will be to the Eagles. I don't that think is so. my, That is just my opinion. That is just my honest opinion. I think the Giants go four or five in five and how many games? Five and twelve. I'd, I'd say four and thirteen. Yeah, and I think the Washington football team, they go seven and ten. I think the Eagles go nine and I think they have almost they they're almost five hundred. They are they're they're over five hundred. I think they're nine and eight. I think they're I think they're gonna just miss the playoffs. I like where you have Washington. Seven and ten sounds good, but I would flip flop the Eagles. I would go eight and nine. I think it's extremely close between the two. Yeah. I think Philadelphia's gonna focus on their um four draft picks they have in the first two rounds next year. Oh, we did something good boy. I also think that the Cowboys are ten and seven and are just one game ahead of Philadelphia. And that's if Dak stays healthy. I think the Cowboys go twelve and five. I know. Crazy. Crazy saying this, but the Cowboys they their defense is fucking good this year. The last three to four years they really haven't had a defense. Their defense is looks great. Going in the pay, on paper looks great this year. Their defense is a lot better, but it's gonna be their first year together. They've got a lot of new pieces. And the biggest question mark for me is Dak's health. I've heard so many reports that just point towards Dak not being healthy for the full year that make me think you know, Dak's not going to be the guy that he should be. See, there are some reports like that, and I just think they're all bullshit. All the Cowboys trainers and even Jerry Jones have denied those rumors, saying he'll be he's 100% ready to go for week one. He said that yesterday. And on Hard Knocks, no one's like even pointing out, like, oh, he's going to miss. He's not going to be healthy for time. They're saying Barry Jones isn't going to come out and say, you know what, I don't think Dak's going to be healthy. No, but he doesn't have to say anything at all. He he came out and said that. He didn't have to say anything at all. He just didn't have to come out and even talk about Dak at all. He wasn't even he wasn't asked. He just said that. I mean, the thing that worries me the most is that Dak has overcompensated so much for his first injury that it's caused a second injury. I don't think his second injury is that bad. I don't think it's that bad. They're just being cautious with it. It's not that bad. I I didn't say it was bad. I said oh, he's no. a, I said he's overcompensating. He's putting more into his shoulder than he is in his hips because of how bad his first injury was. Yeah, for sure. And I, not, I I was saying not getting any preseason snaps, not getting any training camp, not getting anything because of the injuries is going to affect him. Well, he's in some training camp. He's just not throwing it deep. He's getting like the snaps. He's doing. He's working on the motions. I think he'll be fine. It also depends about that offensive line too. That offensive line has dealt with injuries the past couple seasons, and it's not as deep as it once was. Like yeah. uh, they're definitely on the decline as far as that goes. Uh, but I mean, they got to keep it upright for Dak to stay upright, and yeah. for them to run the ball, they got to they got to definitely run the ball with Zeke. They got to get back to that. Run the ball, do some play action down the. 
I mean, like, let's be honest. They got one of the best receiving cores in the game. Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and uh, Amari Cooper coming back. Did you guys know Amari Cooper had a vitamin D efficiency? No. No, I didn't know like, that. Yeah, I read this thing, I think it was yesterday. He's a vitamin D deficiency, meaning, like, when he gets hurt, it takes him a lo- little longer to heal. I was like, what? I never even heard of that until I saw that article that was posted. You're, you're skipping over one guy, though. And I know Ryan likes this guy because he talked about him earlier, but you're skipping over Blake Jarwin, too. Yeah, tight end. Yeah, but when you, when you think of the Cowboys, you're thinking of those three receivers. You oh, do. Zeke and Jarwin didn't play at all last season, and I think he's a great sleeper tight end for the year. Yeah, well, he tore his ACL last year, right? Yeah. And no one's even going to be looking. The defense is going to be, oh, Zach, oh, Gallup, oh, CD, oh, Martin. Jarwin's going to be. Wide open every almost every. I, I don't even see Jarwin getting drafted in most no. of my drafts, and I think he's a great. You you could get a legitimate starting tight end on your fantasy team in your very last pick. For sure. Uh, I don't think he splits that many snaps with Dalton Schultz, and I think Jarwin plays the majority of snaps this season. Oh, 100%. Who is their center that? Because there's, I mean, their offensive line is still the same offensive line has always been, but who, oh, Travis Frederick, he's on the left. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you see what the, Connor Williams did to fucking Aaron Donald? No, I didn't see that. He contained, he was on one of the hard knocks. He contained him, like, he was fucking owning him, and then he owned him so bad, like, Aaron Donald started to get pissed and ended up getting in a fight. Yeah, you got Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Those are the two that you have to that has to stay healthy. Yeah. Obviously, they got they got you know Zach Martin, one of the best guards in the league, um, outside of outside of my boy Tooney. But uh, you know Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins definitely has to stay healthy. You can't lose one of those guys. Uh, the, those are your tackles. So like you can't lose those guys. No, not at all. I I definitely think Cowboys. Should, without a doubt, win the NFC East this year. But I'm not buying into Zeke being one of the top running backs this year, and I'm not buying into Dak being one of the top quarterbacks this year. I love Zeke this year. And the only reason I'm going to say that is, let me pull it up. I mean, the dude with Dak, they're best friends. I mean, you, everyone knows this. Him and Dak have an unbreakable. And Dak relies, especially like if, if what you're saying with this shoulder issue, if you think it's going to be an issue – the first couple of weeks where he's not going to like be fully healthy or whatever. He's going to rely on the short passes of Zeke a lot. Well, here's the thing. Zeke's- he's had 36, he's had what, 32 and 26 receptions last two years. I don't rely on Zeke getting receptions. No, I, I think that benefits Jarwin and Gallup more than that benefits Zeke. And they're going to use Tony Pollard a little bit more this year. Well, if you pull up the first four weeks, all the weeks that Zach was healthy, right? Three receptions, 31 yards week one against the Rams. That was a tough game for the whole offense. Week two against Atlanta, six receptions, 33 yards, seven targets. Week three against Seattle, 11 targets, six receptions, 24 yards. Week four, eight receptions on all eight targets for 71 yards. How much was they down? I mean, the Cleveland game I know was like 50 to 50. Okay, I don't know what the Seattle game was, but this year, this year we're saying their defense got better, so maybe they don't have to throw as much. Maybe they're going to oh. run it with Zeke a little bit more. 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, they're still going to they're still going to be a passing team. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if their defense is going to keep them closer, they're not going to have to pass as much. You don't have to see Dak throw fifty times in a game where he threw. I think he threw like five hundred eighty four yards at one. No. Game. But the three games or the four games that Dak played, he averaged seven point four targets a game. So the highest he got without Dak was three. In my opinion, any game, I don't trust in Dak being healthy this year. And I know Pollard is going to get used more. I think I Dak not being healthy and not throwing down the field as much or not throwing as much at all, it's going to benefit Pollard some. It's going to benefit Zeke some. And the short throws are going to benefit their slot receiver, which is going to be Gallup, some CD. And it's I going to be CD is over Gallup. I, I think Actually, they I think Amari. I think Amari will be more of a slot than CD will be. I think CD. Yeah, you're right. CD will be on that. I think Amari will play a lot more slot this year. But I mean, I I think the biggest beneficiary of all of this is Jarvis. Oh, for sure. I, I'm not taking Dak as high as I see him going. I see him going as high as QB five in some leagues. I think he is QB five if he stays healthy. I'm just I'm not worried about him getting injured I'm worried about him getting out that's for me yeah when I see you're starting the starting quarterback coming back from injury already getting injured in camp that worries me a lot yeah I get what you're saying and I mean it in most cases, if I hadn't seen McCarthy say, we're going to use Pollard more, I would say, oh, man, I need to put Zeke. I need to get Zeke as soon as I can. Yeah. But I see him going pick four, pick five, and I just can't justify that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm as with most guys, I'm sure week to week in that division, there's going to be a lot of games where I'm like, I need Zeke. I just can't justify that in fan in the season long fantasy. Yeah, yeah. You also got to look at the schedule. They play uh, like I think week fifteen is the playoffs now for fantasy football. They play the Giants, which that's a a tremendous matchup for Zeke, tremendous. But then they get the Washington football team. Your second round in the playoffs. Yeah, I I'm just not. I don't want to play against Washington. Ever if, if I can if, it. if if Zeke's there ten or later, you have to take him. I have to take him. Ten or later, absolutely. Four and five, I don't want to. If I can get Zeke in the second round, somebody fucked up and I'm taking. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. You got to take him. At that point, that means he's my RB two, most likely. True. Yeah. Well, I got Zeke in my second round, but he was my RB1, only because I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. The only reason I took Kelsey in the first round, though, was because we have two tight ends. But, Bro, you don't have to justify why you took Kelsey in the first round. He's the most consistent fantasy player. Well, I took him fourth overall. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, you could make an argument for the fact that Kelsey is their wide receiver one and not their tight end. Yeah. There's there's no argument there. No, not at all. So it comes but, down basically for the the Cowboys, the O line, and Dak. Well, and we can talk about their defense. 
They could be a lot better this season. I agree with Ryan. They're going to have a better defense, which is the only reason I have them taking first. Well, they got a new defense coordinator, too, Dan Quinn. Yeah. So. I think their defense is going to be a lot better this season. They had a lot of players that stayed hurt last season. They had a lot of new yeah, I, I think there's a big, dif- big difference in their defense this season. It's not going to be somebody I'm going to target a lot. Let's just uh, put in the fact that Dan Quinn was the Atlanta Falcons head coach and their defense was trash. But when Dan Quinn only has to focus on the defense, he was there for Seattle. So, like, they should definitely – I mean, just scheme-wise and everything, he should put them in the best position. They should definitely be a little bit better, which is going to keep them in games – and Dak won't have to throw 50 times, and maybe he can save his shoulder a little bit. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I do think their defense is going to be much improved. I don't think it's going to be as good as, say, a Washington, but I think it's going to be good enough with that offensive core they have to get them first in the NFC East. Oh, for sure. I think I think they're honestly going to be the three seed in the NFC. I don't I, know if I'd go I, that far. And the only reason I'm going to say this is because it's obviously I think Tampa and Green Bay will be one and two. And the only reason I'm going to say this at number three is because I think those NFC West teams are better than Dallas, but they have to beat six times. So, and then they play out of conference too. I think the NFC West is the best division in football. I think those teams are better than the Cowboys, but their record doesn't. I mean, you might be right, but as of right now, I think my number three team in the NFC is the Rams. Yeah, see, I like them. It's just like I, like I agree. They're, I think all four teams. You could, you could argue. Okay, I think three of the teams are all like most definitely better than the Cowboys. You could argue all four are, but record wise, because they play each other, all those four teams play each other six times, and you got pointing like the out of conference. Because I think they play the Chiefs division. They play some division that's tough. I think the best team is going to be like eleven and. Six, and then they're all going to be scattered over that. I can't really disagree with that. I do think NFC West is tough. I, I just think the Rams run away this year. I think Stafford is a much better quarterback than most people give him credit for. Oh, for sure. 100%. I think losing Acres hurts, but they still have a good running back core. They've got great receivers. I think Deshaun Jackson, if he stays healthy, is a super underrated addition. Oh, I think all the top, the top five, they could all be right to the three. Or they're four, they're three, four, and five. They're all solid. Like, they could all be starters in the NFL. Van Jefferson, I like him a lot. Like, Tutu Atwell. I like just on Jackson a lot, too. I think, honestly, Sean Jackson, I mean, he's been a wide receiver. And I think he's a super great addition for the Rams. I think they're going to be this year. Oh, for sure. <coughs> did we just did, did we just quietly move to the ES, NFC West? I think we did. <laughs> well, fuck let's it. Go. I, let's, let's go West. Okay, we'll go with the team that we finish that we think finishes fourth, and that could very easily be the seventh seed and make the playoffs. Is the Arizona Cardinals? Do we all agree they're going to finish fourth? No. You, okay, you got San Fran there. Yep. Okay, we can go. I, I'll, we'll go with that. I, I, I think it's between those two. But yeah, San Fran. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. 
I think San Fran is a very difficult team to target this year. I like Ayuk. I like Mostert. I like taking Trey Lance in some season-long leagues with a late pick just because he should be starting before the end of the season at some point in time. Yeah. But I think he starts later than a lot of the other rookie quarterbacks like that aren't starting week one, which I guess would be pretty much just Fields. And Jones. Yeah. I think Jones, I talked to Size about this earlier, but I heard, on the radio, no. With Belichick, you never fucking know what's going to happen. But I heard that the Patriots might be planning on using uh, Cam and Jones week to week, depending on matchup. Oh, I think they'll stick with Cam. I think that's just all bullshit. Yeah. But that's an interesting concept that has a very big implication for fantasy. Oh, for sure. I I don't think like okay, go back to the 49ers. I don't even play anyone on the 49ers in fantasy week to week. Like if I don't like what Kittle's price ever is on FanDuel. He's like 7K. I'd rather play 1K up more for freaking Travis Kelsey. I'd rather pay more up for Travis Kelsey than pay up for Kelsey's Kelsey's 8500, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd rather pay the 1500, or I'd rather like, the pay up 7K for Kelsey. Like Kelsey's a great tight end, but he's not that like. In this offense, he's never that, like, consistent like a Kelsey. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not huge on Kittle just because of where he's going. I can get consistent enough tight ends later. Exactly. I mean, the big – my favorite person to target so far this year has been Mostert. Uh, I know I'm probably going to get burnt by this, but he's got a lower ADP. And his preseason – he was treated a lot like Kittle was. He said, hey, you're not going to play very much. You're going to get treated like a legit number one. And a bunch of their running backs went elsewhere, and they drafted Trey Sermon. I yeah. love Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon's going to be very solid. I think there's what time, like week four, week five, you're going to see Trey Sermon start to be a beast. And I think that by the end of the year, Trey Sermon's going to be getting more touches than he most are. I mean that's yeah. and that's completely possible in a Shanahan offense. Who the fuck knows? I think honestly, by the trade deadline, they could be honestly because they're start the. I think they'll go one zero. They'll they'll start the year with the W against the Lions, and Jimmy Garoppolo will be like twenty for thirty five with like two touchdowns, one interception. But everyone will be praising him because they won. He's like, oh, Jimmy G's back. You know, he won't be. But then they're going to win a cold stretch. They'll probably be like two and five by the trade deadline. And I think they trade Jimmy G and Raheem Moser to. Con- and then they they start rolling out with Trey Lance. That's when they start rolling out with Trey Lance and Trey Sermon. Yeah. Now I figured that Jimmy G is going to get traded sometime, some point in time this season, unless they go absolutely bonkers and start the season undefeated. But people I, do forget Jimmy G led them to the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. But it was it was the defense that got them there. What thing oh, yeah. off is what everyone's saying. But no, it's I mean like Jimmy Garoppolo's got that he's good. It's just his whole like it's one thing. Your injuries just hurt you. Like you can't really come back but from the type of injury he did. Didn't I mean he, like carries ACL like in twenty nineteen, the year after the Super Bowl. He's only played twenty three or forty nine games. 
He tore his ACL last year, right? He did something last year. I yeah, and he, was, he got hurt like week two and was out the rest of the year. And the year before that, he led into the Super Bowl. So I don't know why people are writing off on Jimmy G so much. That's what I'm saying. See, I, I still, once again, I talked to Sides about this earlier. I like Jimmy G. He's a good quarterback. I do, too. Not the, I'm, th- not I'm thankful for Jimmy G. He's in love with right now. He's not the type of quarterback that's going to run for 100 yards and a touchdown on no. top of whatever he does passing. Which but he's always moving to is running quarterbacks. But, yeah. And, I mean, I really I paid attention to the way they treated their running backs this postseason, and I have a really great feeling about most shirt for the season. I have him right now in my week one lineup, and I have him in a couple season longs. I can get opposite of Moser if I want in week one right now, but I like Miles Gaston better. I like Gaston. I think Miami has a good run game this year, and I like Gaston. I love the Gaskins. I think people slept on him. I want in cast and can fade James Robinson. But, I mean, I'm not taking George Kittle this year just because I don't want to spend my second-round pick on a tight end. Yeah. I'm not taking Jimmy G anywhere. I'll take Trey Lance in the lower rounds if he's going in. Yeah. He's a decent quarterback, a decent enough backup that I can hope he's starting by the time my my starting quarterback has a bye. I mean, I really right now do not think I can go off this week one lineup. My week one lineup set, and the only thing that's going to change is injury. Yeah, exactly. I got Jalen Hurts, McCaffrey, Robinson, Devonta Smith. So I got the Hurts and Devonta Smith connection, and I got Corey Davis, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is by himself. Plays Jacksonville. Who's who's even the cornerback on Jacksonville? I don't know. Their defense. Yeah, Jacksonville's pretty much sold everybody. Yeah, and Brandon Cooks is the only guy in fucking. Jack or Houston, and then Kelsey at tight end, and then Miles Gaskin. I could go up to Raheem Oster. So, well, those two will probably be between. Because I don't think Trey Sermon plays week one. Like, you're right. I don't think he does. But I think by week to week as they go on, they're, they love Trey Sermon. I think he will be their lead back by the end of the year. Honestly, the guy I'm looking at for week one, and I'm super hesitant, he's the only guy I might make a change to is. James Robinson. Why? Because he plays against Houston and there's no ATN. So he's splitting touches with Carlos Hyde. No, he's not going to split touches with Carlos Hyde at all. He's going to get all the touches. Exactly. That's my point. Carlos Hyde's the only person that's taking anything away from him is against Houston. And Robinson tore up bad matchups last year. Yeah, so, wait, you're fading Robinson is what you're saying. No, my point is that Robinson wasn't in my lineup, and he's the only guy I'm thinking about changing to. Oh, okay, I got you. I thought you said he was the only hesitant on playing him. No, he's the only guy that I don't have that I'm like, man, I really think I need to change it to him. Yeah, yeah, at that price, you need him. Yeah, he's the only guy in my lineup that I might move up to. Yeah, you, you, and at that price, I would have to play him over Mostert since you have him in your lineup, obviously at Flex. Yeah. But back to the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, 
a lot some of their guys I definitely don't mind taking in season longs. I don't mind Ayuk. I'm not really touching Sanu. Oh, not at all. Yeah, we we've seen him be really bad the past couple of seasons. Right now he's their number three, but he's not I I wouldn't put him as my number three in it if I was running a team. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I like Ebo, but I think I like Ayuk more. Yeah, I just you can DFS, you really can't target them. They're like you don't know which one's gonna have the good game. Exactly. I mean George Kittle takes a lot away from the wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like their addition of Wayne Gallman. I think he's a great third string running back. <laughs> yeah. I mean even Jamichael Hasty, he's not a bad three to four. He was the, he was solidly started for them last year. Michael Hasty isn't on the forty nine anymore. He isn't? He's on the step chart. Oh, he's not on my step chart right here. Jeff Wilson Jr. is there fourth. That's weird. Jeff Wilson's not even on here for me. Yeah, Jeff Wilson's still with him. He's hurt. That's why he's not on the depth chart. He's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. Figure out who Jamichael Lacey pays for, because I like Jamichael, too. Yeah. I think most are not. I guess he's on the yeah. Go ahead. So, I mean, they they probably have the deepest running backfield out of anybody. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't go that far with deepest, though. I, I, I like some other backfields, like, talk about later. But, yeah. Uh, I think they're the deepest just because of how well Shanahan uses them. Yeah. yeah it I didn't know. matter who was hurt and who was starting last year. They were still a valid option. Yeah. They were on their fourth string at some point, and I was like, you know what? I got to play him in DFS. Yeah. Which is also why I think they end up trading most of it. They, they obviously just look show their running backs that they don't care. Yeah. In the Shanahan offense, any starting running back is pretty good. Who was their running back most yeah. Yeah, but and then in terms of their defense, I'm not targeting their defense ever. No, I'm not either. I will not. If I can absolutely avoid playing against their defense at any point, I'm going to. The 49ers and Shanahan in general always have a strong defense. It's what carries them through most of every season. If you can get it your fantasy long, I highly suggest it. Yeah. Don't mind them. All right. Well, I think we can move on to the number three team there, the Cardinals. Yes. All right. In terms of the Cardinals, obviously Kyler's a great option for quarterback. I think he. I don't think he has a regression this year. I think he has a really good year this year. Oh, I think. Well, so. I think he. I think he kind of had a regression in passing last year. To be honest with you, I think you know he. I think he could have done better in passing, and which I think he will do better this year. In I agree. I completely agree. I think he has a much. I think he takes a page out of what Lamar Jackson's been doing. Every off season, 
Lamar Jackson seems to come back going a little bit better passing-wise. And I think that's what Kyler's going to do this year. Yeah. They also added A.J. Green. If he can stay healthy, that's very solid. And I think adding A.J. Green, having a legitimate number two wide receiver, really takes pressure off DeAndre Hopkins and makes him an even better option. Yeah. Yeah, and they still got that deep threat in Christian Kirk. Uh, he's he's not he's not terrible. You know, uh, that was Kyler's uh, teammate. So, Kyler's always a threat when running, passing, and then you got DeAndre Hopkins that basically catches anything thrown in his vicinity. So, and then you got Chase Edmonds catching back out of the backfield. Yep. And they added James Conner. As a Steelers fan, I'm not a huge fan. He did not do much the last couple seasons. Well, that's because Pittsburgh's offensive line is trash. It's not just that. Health has also been an issue with him. That's true. But, I mean, I mean per- even when Benny Snell and them was in there, I mean, their offensive line. Well, we'll get to them another time, and you could try to tell me I'm wrong. But personally, their offensive I think, line is one of the worst. I, I really want James Conner to end up being their starting running back. But that that's for biased reasons. I like the fact that he uh, is a cancer survivor and made it as an NFL player. Yeah, and he was really solid for you guys when uh, that Love Me a Whole Love Me on Bell situation went down. Yeah, his first year he did really good. I really, he really had a breakout year that year, and then he's just disappointed since. I think a lot of that was because the offensive line coach went to Denver. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a very solid backup for Chase Edmonds if he stays the second string. Yeah, and the Cardinals just got um, one of my one of my uh, team's guys who actually went to Oakland. They got uh, Rodney Hudson, Pro Bowl center, this year to help them out in the offensive line. Yeah, I think – I honestly think it's really hard to say they're going third, but they're going third in what I agree with Ryan is probably the best division in the NFL. And they're probably making the playoffs because I think the only place they really regressed at all this offseason was the tight end position. Yeah, they lost Dan Arnold. Which wasn't good, but. But he was better than Max Williams. Yes. So, I mean, I think overall offense and defense are going to be a really good team. Their defense is above average. Their offense has the capability to be elite. Yeah. I mean, they got J.J. Watt now, too. I mean, shit. Yeah, See, I think Arizona's defense is going to be finishing around the bottom. Uh, they lost Patrick Peterson. I I mean, I don't find their defense. I mean, they did get J.J. Watt, but J.J. Watt, let's, I mean, he's like. I love uh, their defense. I think they're better than last year. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, think, think, they'll, I think they'll finish at the bottom. I think Isaiah Simmons has a breakout season this year. Second, sophomore, I think he goes off. I really like Marcus Goldman, Goldman also. Uh, Malcolm Butler, he could be solid as a as a CB2. Byron Murphy looked really solid last year. And then Butta Baker, I mean, besides that DK Metcalf meme, he looked very good. Yeah, I mean, their, their defense, outside of losing Patrick Peterson, is so really solid. I think it's above average. Yeah, I think they finished in the bottom 10, but that's just me, which uh, I think I, it helps I, Kyler I, Murray, though. Top 15, top six, top half of the league, honestly. Yeah, I think they're really in their front seven. 
I mean, you got to think if you're if you if you're saying they're finishing in the top half. So I mean, Steelers, Rams, Ravens, Colts, Patriots, 49ers, Washington, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay, yeah, Chicago Bears. That's ten. Yeah, Denver Broncos is better than them. Miami yeah. is better than them. Yeah, the Chargers with all their returning is better. Yeah. Cleveland Browns' defense is better. I, you can debate Denver. So, well, Denver. Denver had a lot of people out last year. A lot. I think they're 15 or 16. They're still top 16. I think Green Bay is at 14. Cleveland, you said, is at 13. I, we'll see how it goes. I think I – think I I think the DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray definitely definitely taking them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think after just one year, those two have really good chemistry. Yeah, that, that was very obvious throughout the season last year. And as I already said, Hopkins is my pick for wide receiver one this year. I think Murray takes a leap in his passing game, and that between that and AJ Green, both those things benefit Hopkins, and he has a great year. I don't Devontae Adams right now. That's crazy. We'll see what AJ Green they get. I mean, I, AJ Green isn't a number one anywhere anymore, but he's a solid no. number two. He takes a lot of pressure off Hopkins, and I don't think Larry Fitz ruled ruled out coming back, did he? No, he didn't, but he's really not – he's not too high on coming back from what I've read. But at this point in his career, he really didn't make too much of a difference last year. Yeah. But he could be a solid third option. I mean, the guy don't draw passes. I mean, he could. I like him much more than Kirk or anybody behind Kirk. I, I yeah, I really like Rondell Moore as a rookie. I like him. I he just needs to develop. I yeah. think in terms of uh being a number three option and being a great slot guy with good hands, I think Fitzgerald would be ahead of him. For sure. Alright, time to move on to the uh Seattle Seahawks. I mean, really not much to say about the Seahawks. If they let Russ cook, they're going to have a great year. Yeah. I mean, I like Chris Carson if he can say healthy, too. Yeah. Uh, Between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they have great raw receivers. Yeah. I also like um, Gerald Everett a lot this year. I think he's a top top 10 fantasy tight end. I really like Gerald Everett this year. I, I agree with that. The Seahawks are historically a team that likes to use their tight end, but they've had pretty bad tight ends or pretty injured tight ends recently. Yeah. Um, all the things I saw, they're going to use like a lot of plays specializing Gerald Everett, too. They're going to like use running plays with Gerald Everett. They really like Gerald Everett, and they're going to use him a lot this year. And I really like like him this year. 
Like he's a top ten that you can that doesn't go drafted at all, and you can you can get him as like your last pick, or like you can get him as your last pick in the fucking draft, and he'll be just as good as anyone who took a tight end like in round ten. Yeah, I like Gerald Everett. The Seahawks defense, I think, is generally not good. Last year they were historically bad. Yeah. It's more than makes up for it in most cases. Exactly. Seahawks defense is probably one I'll target a decent amount through the year. And in terms of season-long fantasy stuff, Russ is one of the higher QBs you're going to take. Yeah. Tyler Lockett's my favorite receiver from the team to take because you're not spending a ridiculous price for him. And there's plenty of weeks where he beats out DK as the top wide receiver for the team. Yeah. Another good thing that the Seahawks did, they added Gabe Jackson this year, uh, who's going to play guard for him. So it's definitely an upgrade to the offensive line. I mean, it's not going to be nowhere near, like, the best offensive line, but at least they won't allow, what, 50 sacks that they allowed last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's ultimately going to help DK, Tyler Lockett, give them some more time to get open instead of Russ running for his life. Yeah. One thing, yeah. The thing you can do with Seattle this year is attack their defensive front. The only guy there is Bobby Wagner. Other than that, there's no one that's even close to being able to stop, like, running backs. or. I think Bobby Wagner is the only guy on that defense. Besides, until you get to the secondary with the safeties, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. Um, their top four defensive players are Carlos Dunlap, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and Diggs. Yeah. And outside Very of that, attackable defense. nobody you hurt. Uh, I mean, Dunlap's decent. Wagner's good. Adams is good, but he's not your traditional safety. He's not playing a great cover. He's more of a – he's almost a linebacker. Yeah. And they just paid him a ton of money, so they're not getting anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely attack against them with the run game. I'm attacking their secondary. Yeah, exactly. Their their corners are terrible. You got a guy named Darn Daryl Taylor, Akello Witherspoon, and DJ Reed. Yeah, I have no problem whatsoever talking them. Puna Ford is not stopping anybody. Nope. Yeah. Biggest takeaways for me is I love Metcalf and Lockett. In terms of season long, I'm taking Lockett nine times out of ten. Yeah, so am I. And I don't mind Carson. Without Hyde there, I don't think Rashad Penny is a legit number two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know we pointed this out earlier in the pod, but, like, the reason we're saying um, not, like, you would take Lockett over Metcalf nine out of ten times in fantasy is not, like, that we think Lockett's a, like, better player, but where they're being drafted at. Like, Lockett could get you just as good or better, like, points for the whole season than DK Metcalf and you're saving like three rounds worth of picks where you can get a 
top tier running back there as your running back too instead of taking DK Metcalf. Absolutely. D- DK Metcalf's going late one or early two. Lockett's going three four. Exactly. So I love Metcalf. In DFS, I will more than likely play him a lot. Yeah. But in so, terms of season long, I can get Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb over Metcalf in round one and still get Lockett and still get the benefit of having Russell yeah. Wilson quarterback and a top tier wide receiver. Think about like you can get like a Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Tyler Lockett, or you get DK Metcalf and Miles Sanders. Exactly. Or DK Metcalf and Chris Carson as like like you would rather have Tyler Lockett and Najee Harris or Tyler Lockett and Aaron Jones. Like that's way better than what you get. Absolutely. And then your two running backs, basically, like, let's say, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. Boom, you're set. I don't know what drafts you're in, but those two both go in the first round. I'd love to have them both. Yeah. I was just saying, like, I was just, like, <laughs> saying, like, your two running backs are going to be great. Basically what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is you guys can both have Tyler Lockett because it- – Eight games, he's had four receptions under 40 yards last year. Why would you want a receiver that's half the season is only going to get you four catches under 40 yards receiving with no touchdowns? Because DK Metcalf was the same. Just you flipped away. Most of the weeks, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett swapped spots. Tyler Lockett had two games where he got he got 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns against Arizona. Then he got 12 catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns for San Francisco. So it skews it a little bit when you're actually looking at these PPR numbers because he had those good games. He's only He had four good games. That's all he had, four good games. In terms of a PPR yearly league, your week-to-week total doesn't matter as much as your final total, especially in best ball. Yeah, exactly. And DK Metcalf also – you look at it, he wasn't very consistent either. For season long, I'd, I'd, for season long, I'd pass on Tyler Lockett. Here's how he's being drafted. Every day. Two wide receivers that could be legit number ones. You take the one that's lower ADP. If you can get Tyler Lockett in the fourth round or DK in the the first, I'm taking Lockett. If I can get Chase Claypool in the sixth round or Deontay Johnson in the second round, I'm taking Claypool. Yeah, I can John. take Antonio Brown in the fifth or Mike Evans in the second. I'm taking Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's going like ninth round, but yeah. So what what round is Tyler Lockett going in? He's going in mine that I've seen early fifth or late fourth, early fifth. I still wouldn't take him. Why? Because I just eight eight weeks that dude does nothing. Yeah. Why would you want that? I was just last year though. DK Metcalf is the same way. I never said I wanted DK Metcalf either. But we're not talking about wanting them. We're saying if you're going to take one of them, take Tyler Lockett and save the three to four rounds. Exactly. Yeah, when we cover each team, we have to go through who we would take over. Exactly. And then what round and why we're taking them in that round over taking this guy in this round. Yeah, like we're saying like we would rather Tyler Lockett than DK Metcalf for that reason. I'd rather I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would rather neither guy. Oh, 
for sure. I don't think you should target teams with two constant number one like wide receivers. That are gonna be yeah, like that's why that's why I think Allen Allen Robinson's ahead of those guys because he's clear cut number one. Allen um, Robinson's one in the Calvin first Ridley. Well, some some people are taking DK Metcalf before these guys, before Allen Robinson. Some people are taking DK Metcalf. I yeah. I, I mean, if you're looking at if you're looking at rankings, if you go to different rankings, like some people have DK Metcalf ahead ahead of Allen Robinson. When you have a wide receiver that's got the majority of the target share, no matter what, no matter who's quarterback, no matter who, what team they're playing, you take that wide receiver, especially when he's got the talent level that Allen Robinson has. Yeah. Yeah, I like Allen Robinson a lot. Very guys, I'm taking ahead of Allen Robinson. As a matter of fact, I've taken Allen Robinson in the first a couple times now, which is why Allen I'm Robinson solid. Metcalf. Yeah. Like, in if you're talking, if we're talking about dynasty or DK Metcalf is a for sure top seven. He's a he's a top pick if you're talking about dynasty. People are listening. I mean, the dude's basically twenty was. It's like very young. So for for the people listening out there, Dylan, since you're you well, you too, right? Since you guys are gonna be targeting for um, you know, DFS purposes, how would you go about who would you play, DK or uh Tyler Lockett? Let's say they play like you know, a, a favorable matchup. Let me go look we've won their prices and we'll just like debate like if they're playing a payroll matchup. Let's go I'm gonna look at their prices right now. Let's go look. I mean, I would personally say in daily fantasy, I hate targeting either of them because nine times out of ten, if I take DK Metcalf, that's the week that Tyler Lockett has two touchdowns. Yeah. And it also depends on other matchups and other teams because if I have Allen Robinson in a favorable matchup, he's going to be my pay-up option wide receiver, and I'm probably taking Tyler Lockett as a pay down. Yeah, like DFS, you, I, that's why I hate I hate targeting Pittsburgh wide receivers. I hate targeting, like, Dallas, and I hate targeting um, Seattle because I mean, if I'm gonna take any, Seattle, Seattle, they're a thousand price difference. I like a thousand. I'll take Tyler Lockett. Same thousand dollars. Nine times out of ten, when you have those guys like AJ Brown and Julio Jones, are going to be really hard for DFS next year because they're two legit number one wide receivers on the same team. And nine times out of ten, you're going to take one, and the other is going to be the one that produces that week. Like one guy I really like who's priced on just under DK Metcalf is Keenan Allen. I we haven't gotten there yet, but I really like him this year. If he can stay healthy. Like more often than not, if I'm paying up for somebody in DFS, I'm taking somebody like D Hop, somebody like Allen Robinson, somebody like Calvin Ridley. Or I I'm one guy I'm really high on like in like that situation is Brandon Cooks. All along. Well, I'm talking about pay up. Brandon Cooks isn't a huge pay up if I remember correctly. I think you can pay up from the top four highest owned guys. Even even go down to Stephon Diggs. And if, if he's in a favorable matchup, Stephon Diggs is very playable. I agree with that. Stephon Diggs actually he he could be wide receiver one this year too. Yeah. And he's also in a situation where he's the legit number one wide receiver on his team. There's no competition whatsoever. Exactly. But for 
season long purposes, sometimes you can't get those guys and you gotta settle on a guy. And if you gotta settle on a guy, I'm settling in the fourth round, not the first round. Yeah, I get what you're saying. All right. Well, I think we've covered Seahawks enough. Let's yeah. go on to the Rams. Yeah. In terms of the Rams, if you're taking Matthew Stafford in the season long, I like it. Well, I like I like Matthew Stafford a lot this year too. I think he's going to be for where he's doing a drafts. I think he's. I think he's really good this year, especially with that wide receiver core. He could be the. Uh, Best non-running quarterback out of everybody. He could beat out Rodgers this year with that wide receiver four. He could throw for 5,000 yards. He finished as the QB 15 last year on Detroit, and he's definitely got an upgrade in receivers. And um, I also like Tyler Higby this year because they don't have Gerald Everett. Yeah. I don't like Tyler Higby as much because Stafford isn't the type of quarterback that throws short throws downfield, he's going to be throwing a lot of longer throws, and he's got three wide receivers that he's going to be able to make those plays with. Yeah. Personally, outside of Stafford, offensively, unless you're taking Henderson, which I'm iffy on anyway, I really don't want to take any of those wide receivers because he's got three legit wide receivers in Woods, Cup, and Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, but we know Woods is probably going to get the most targets. That's how it's been. He's been the highest PPR guy on their team. I don't know. I think Cooper Cup. I think Stafford and Cooper Cup have that really good connection. Because you got to remember, it was Jared Goff, and now it's a new quarterback. So you never know. Exactly. And before that, Cup was the number one for a while. They're all three really good wide receivers, and if. The biggest question is Deshaun Jackson, because right now they don't have him listed as a number three, but I think that's where he ends up. If he can stay healthy, they have three wide receivers that have been number one wide receivers on a team at some point in time. Yeah, exactly. So I I see a really even target share. I think the biggest things you can target DFS-wise and fantasy-wise season-long are Henderson, which I'm iffy on because they just traded for Sonny Michelle, and I imagine he's going to take a good bit of touches, not a majority, but maybe 30%. Yeah. And Stafford, because I think Stafford's going to throw a ton. Oh, he should. McVay loves to throw the ball. Which makes no sense because McVay always has good defenses and should be running more. Yeah. And that's another thing we're not going to target is Rams defense. Oh, but absolutely. You don't want to, you don't want to target them. No. You don't want to play a quarterback that's got to look across the field there and on. And Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> even, you could even say Darius Williams. That dude was a fucking stud last year. I mean, I will say they lost a couple people this offseason, but it's, the Rams and it's Sean McVay. I think yeah. their defense is based a lot less off of who's playing it and a lot more on the scheme and the coaching. Yeah. Which is why I don't break the Browns a little bit higher it's because I think they got good players from the Rams, but I don't think the scheme or the coaching is going to be as good. Exactly. 
So despite losing some of their good young players, I think Rams' defense is still going to be fantastic. Yeah, me too. I think with the big upgrade at quarterback and an upgrade at wide receiver, they're going to be the number one team in the best league in the NFL. Yeah. For sure. Are you ready to move on to the uh, Panthers? NFC South? Absolutely. So we obviously, I think we're all in agreement here that the Carolina Panthers finish fourth. Or oh, you guys yeah. Fourth. I, I think they finish fourth, fourth, but I think they do better than people think they do this year. Yeah. <laughs> With Christian McCaffrey back, yeah, they'll definitely do a lot better. And then I, I do think, uh, you know, I think uh, Darnold plays a little better being out of New York. Oh, I think he plays really well this year compared to what people, how he's been playing, how people are pointing him out to be. I mean, that dude had Noah Lyons, Frank Gore as his running back, and Jamison Crowder and Rashawn Perriman, who just got, couldn't make the Lions as with their wide receiver core, as their wide receivers. I mean, Carolina doesn't have a good offensive line, but what he does have is he has the ultimate outlet in Christian McCaffrey. Like, the, all you got to do is throw it to that guy, that guy's going to make plays. And you have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I love Robbie Anderson. And DJ Harris. Moore is consistent too. And they just added Terrace Marshall in the draft. He's already starting for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if anybody's ever watched Jets games, Sam Darnold can make plays. Oh, I know. He, I've seen him do things that other quarterbacks just couldn't do. Yeah, he made a lot of Mahomes, like, off the look, no look pass. He would scramble out. And we've also seen quarterbacks under Gase perform horribly. Then all of a sudden, when Gase isn't involved, they're a top 10 quarterback. <clears throat> Tannehill. Yeah. Exactly. So now we have Sam Darnold with a top tier running back, great wide receivers. And a good coach. Yes. I think he's going to be the breakout QB of the season. Oh, for sure. I think he finishes and it's gonna be crazy. Top fifteen. Oh, easy. that's not that's not that's not crazy. I think top ten. Ooh, okay. That's Ooh. You know, I, top okay. ten. Top ten's crazy. Top fifteen's not crazy. Top ten I mean top ten's bold. Yeah. Top ten's very bold. And I and I, I like that. I think Sam Darnold is the top 10 quarterback. I watched him at USC. I watched him pull off shit that he should have never been able to pull off with the Jets. I like, I like it. And now he's in a good offense. Yes, I like it a lot. I mean, DJ... He'll have to, he'll have to throw the ball a lot. He, he is going to throw the ball a lot, but he's going to be able to. He's yeah, got Carolina's defense. He's got Dan Arnold, who's decent. Not great. Not good, but decent. I think the Panthers' defense is even better than people expect them. And they got Derek Brown, Brian Burns on that front seven, even Shaq Thompson, even Hassan Reddick, he was solid. Then you got J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin. They're very solid in the secondary. I, I think they're below average, but they're not poor. No, I think they're top 20. I think the Panthers' defense is bad enough that Darnold is going to have to throw a lot, which is going to propel him into the top 10. Yeah. 
For sure. This benefits anybody who's like, you know what? Well, we'll take Sam Darnold. I've taken Sam Darnold in way more fantasy season longs than I should have. And I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) And obviously, if Sam Darnold plays well, that benefits Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, I love Anderson. I think Anderson's one of my favorite. He's technically their wide receiver, too. He's one of my favorite second wide receivers this year. He just signed a big extension with them. Yeah. I think DJ Moore gets a lot of the attention from opposing defenses. So if you get Anderson in season long, I'm for it. Yeah. All right. Oh, I think we're uh, ready to uh, move on to the Falcons. The the Falcons are just not good. No. Outside of Calvin Ridley, and well, obviously Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I I wouldn't target anybody else. I mean, yeah, I like Aiden Hurst. You like Hurst? I do. I think they run two tight ends. I I think people are taking Pitts too high because Hurst is still on the team, and he's a good tight end. Well, Pitts isn't. Pitts is going to play more wide receiver than like the normal like tight. I think he plays out wide than where like Hurst is. I think I don't think he's that great of like. I mean, he was a. I cannot talk. He was a decent block, college, but I don't think he can block like NFL tight end block. I think he's going to be more of like a wide-out tight end type guy where he's going to be like out. I I'm mean, not- I think that's possible, but I still think Hurst is a good tight end, and I think that they're going to have a more even target share than people think. Oh, I know. I think Calvin Ridley's outside. Kyle Pitts is on the other side, and you have Russell Gage in the slot, and Hayden Hurst is a tight end. I think Kyle Pitts will play on the outside a lot. They had him going in motion a lot uh, that preseason game, the last one against the Browns. Yeah. So they're going to use him in various ways. Regardless, I love Calvin Ridley, love Pitts, because of the fact that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Exactly, because their defense is probably the worst in the league. Oh, it's 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 straight trash. And I mean, if you're in a if you're in like a super flex and you need a second quarterback, Matt Ryan still wouldn't be a bad option because he's again going to have to throw the ball. Matt Ryan's always a solid fantasy option. Yeah, I mean, overall, I honestly think. You could make a case that Carolina beats them and they're the worst team in this division. Yeah, it could possibly happen for sure. And I agree. The only people I'm really, I personally have targeted, I'll take Mike Davis if he falls low enough. Yeah. If he falls low enough, but people have been taking him high and, um, People can take him high because of how well he filled in for McCaffrey last season, but he's not going to get used the same as he did in Carolina. Exactly. No, not at all. So, I mean, look at their running backs last year. The only week that Gurley was really good was the week he accidentally scored a touchdown. That's all he was good for was touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I'm not high on Mike Davis. If he falls low enough, I'll take him as backup option. In a super flex league, I like Ryan as your second quarterback. I don't mind him as your backup quarterback, but he's not your starting quarterback in season longs. 
No. Yeah, that's why I said Superflex, your, your second quarterback, definitely he's a good option because he's going to throw it. He's going to get you, he's going to get you the yardage. He's going to get you some touchdowns. Uh, it obviously hurts him with Julio not being there, but with Julio not being in there, that might help somebody like Russell Gage get over a thousand yards this year. Like last year, he was at 700 and something. Can't remember, but with Julio, you're talking about 70 targets that he, I, he got last year. Somebody's got to get those targets. Yeah. I mean, I think a good bit of those go to Pitts, a good bit go to Hurts, a good bit go to Gage, a good bit go to Zach. Yes, they kind of split them. But I think you're not going to see a huge difference from last year because Julio was hurt most of last year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I love Ridley. In season long, I'm taking Ridley. doesn't matter how high he is. I don't mind him. And that's just because he's in a situation like Allen Robinson. He is very obviously the best pass catcher on the team, and he's going to get the majority of the target share. 100%. And, I mean, other than him, I don't have huge interest in anybody else. I don't like Kyle Pitts as high as he's going, just because I know he's going to split targets with Hayden Hurst. Yeah. He might be the wide receiver, two on that team, but I'm not taking wide receivers, too. My wide receiver two is as high as he's going. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of defense, target fuck out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Running backs, receivers, every every category. You can just yeah. legit target anyone. That's what I'm saying. Week one, play Eagles. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Moving on to the Saints. Yes, we are. So when it comes to the Saints, obviously, prayers for New Orleans. I know it's getting tore up by Hurricane. Yeah. I I really like that some of the players have been like, hey, I'm going to donate this money to help out with this, but I'm focused on my week one game because the other team's not going to care that we're getting hit by a Hurricane. They're not going to take it easy on us. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the fact that Jameis Winston was named the starter because he should be the starter. Oh, he was named starter? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes. Winston, for fantasy purposes, is the much better starter. Yeah. 100%. Obviously, love Alvin Kamara. Like Ryan said earlier. He could be RB1 this year. Easy. Yeah. Especially with a guy like Winston at starter at starter for QB. Yeah. If you have a guy like Taysom, he's going to vulture touchdowns because he's a dick. He's a dick. Yeah. And he's not a very great passer, so he's got to rush for touchdowns. Yeah. And it just hurts the receiving core. Like, you couldn't take um, – I don't want anybody from the New Orleans um, receiving core unless Michael Thomas falls, right? Because he's out until like October. Way oh, and I'll take him. I'll take him all day as a bench player because yep. of the fact that if Michael Thomas comes back to form from you know just two years ago, last year he was hurt, obviously. But if I get Michael Thomas in the ninth, tenth round, I'm happy with that because that dude can literally be a top five receiver. If he's back to form, 
Yeah, especially in PPR. Especially with a quarterback like Winston. Especially with a quarterback like Winston, because people forget Breeze couldn't throw down the field. Obviously, Michael Thomas is known for slant routes, but I the one thing I like about Winston is even though he does throw it to the other team a lot, he's still an amazing fantasy option. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He he's will throw touchdowns, and you saw that with uh, Callaway. Yeah. I love Callaway. I have him as a bench player in a few drafts. Despite yeah, the fact only... that he, he could be their number one for a good portion of the season. Yep. And they got still Traquan Smith now that they lost Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Michael Thomas when he comes back, obviously. They have, outside of Kamara, until Michael Thomas is back, it's Traquan and Marquez Callaway. Yes. I, I'm not huge on Troutman. He, he's not a great tight end. He got hurt, didn't he? I mean, most of their tight ends are actually questionable right now. But in terms, uh, yeah, he's one to three weeks, Troutman. Yeah, in terms of season long, I wasn't huge on them anyway. Hmm. So right now, my favorite guy to take outside of Michael Thomas, if you're getting him extremely late, like you should be, is uh, Callaway. And you should be getting him deep, deep as well. You don't yeah. reach on him just because he's the number one. Yeah. And I especially like him in best ball because you don't have to take the chance of moving him into one of your starter positions. If he outperforms everybody, he's in your starter position anyway. Right. Yeah. And the same with Jameson or Jameis. I got Jameis extremely deep before uh, he was named starter. And uh, even with his how much he throws to the other team, he should be better this season. Oh, for sure. He had a year behind Breeze. He got laser eye surgery, so he should be able to see better. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I don't don't think there should have been a competition to begin with. I think Jameis should have been the starter from the get-go. Yeah, 100%. I honestly don't understand why they paid Taysom Hill all the money they paid him. Because from what I've seen, he's not a great quarterback and he's not a great tight end. He's got a he's got a tough matchup that week one against the Packers. Oh, absolutely. I'll play Callaway or Smith week one. I don't mind it because they're cheap. And they're gonna be wide receiver one and two. But it is a tough matchup and it's one I'm not huge on. Yeah. And that's that's the number one reason why I'm guessing you think Kamara's gonna be number one for the first five or six weeks. He's going to be 70% of their offense. Their defense is going to keep him in games, so he's all, he's still going to be able to run the ball. And Jameis Winston, you know, even though he throws the ball downfield, he, I don't think he's a dumb quarterback. He can just toss it to Kamara, and Kamara's going to get his points. Because, I mean, obviously, Callaway, Callaway being your number one receiver is not sexy. So having a guy like Kamara, he's going to do it all. He doesn't have the Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson that Dalvin Cook has. He doesn't have DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson that CMC has. I'm still taking CMC all day as my number one pick, but Kamara would be definitely be if I was sitting in the two spot in a PPR league, he'd be my he'd be my second pick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with Michael Thomas out, they they have nobody else. Yeah. 
and eighth with round or later, get Michael Thomas. And especially with Winston as a starter, you don't have to worry about your quarterback being the one that gets the rushing touchdowns. Which is especially good when you have a backup like Latavius Murray, the way they use him. Yeah. Right. Well, I think Latavius Murray lost his job to Tony Jones Jr. He might have. They haven't they haven't moved it yet. But I've honestly seen reports that they might trade him. Tony Jones or Latavius? Latavius. Oh, yeah, because I think that they're high on that Tony Jones Jr. kid. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason why I'm high on Kamara is because I don't think Latavius stays with New Orleans. But right now I have to go off of what they have as their depth chart. Yeah. Didn't they always trauma and get hurt? Yeah, yeah, he's out one to three weeks. Yeah, so yeah. Tristan Hill will probably be their starting tight end in weeks one through three. But uh, another thing with Jameis Winston, he's not afraid to run the ball either. He'll get you a couple points running. Yeah. He's not, but he's no Lamar Jackson. No. Kind of. No, but he'll, he could throw more touchdowns than them. Yeah. Yeah, he can. I mean, he's the only quarterback we've ever seen throw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, which, I mean, at least is entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And, I for mean, sure. that's also good for your offensive players like Callaway and Kamara because games are going to be close no matter what. Exactly. Alrighty, are we uh, ready to move on to our last team for the episode? Yes, sir. Cool. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our Super Bowl prediction out of the NFC. Out of the NFC. I mean, it's obviously extremely hard to repeat, but they obviously did everything right. They returned every single starter. Yeah, it seems like they got better. And they definitely got one of the best offensive lines, too, to help Brady. Who did they draft? Who did they draft in the first round? Their defense is just, it's the best in the league. It, it is. I think the only defense that gives, that might give them a run by the end of the season is Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and not to mention their defense has my favorite player because he complains that it's hard for him to get an interception because he's missing fingers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's top to bottom. I mean, it's just Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield, two of the best safeties in the league game. Sean Murphy Bunting, solid. Carlton Davis, solid. Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Devin White. Oh, my God. That's like, they could all be, they're all top five linebackers. Like, could, per, like arguably top five. They could all be top five. And the main and, thing you got to remember here is they're, they're, all been together one year. So they got the chemistry down. I mean, that's what hurt them at the beginning of the year last year is the chemistry part, you know, basically with a new quarterback and everything. Like, that receiving core is ridiculous. Mike Evans, I'm I'm not as high on Mike Evans because Mike Evans is really, to me, just a a red zone threat now. 
they don't, I mean, Chris Godwin is, gets the most targets, probably receptions, but you know, there was a, uh, one game where Evans had two catches, two touchdowns for two yards. Yeah. It's hard to pick which running or which uh, wide receiver you're going to take. Cause I mean, Antonio Brown, as much as people give him shit, he wasn't that bad last year. No, he's still solid. The only thing I dislike about Antonio Brown is the fact that off the field shit may end up keeping him off the field. No, I yeah. That. He 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 stayed clean last year, so we'll he see. He, well, no, he stayed clean once he got to Tampa Bay. Yeah, he yeah. had shit yeah. before that that ended up not panning out, but. Let's just add in the fact that I think Tom Brady's going to be better this year than last year because, obviously, he's going to have Antonio Brown the whole year, but he's also getting O.J. Howard back. They're going to have Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. And Scotty Miller. Yeah, I mean, their, their defense is ridiculous. They also added Bernard. When you added a running back that was a starter most of last season as your third string, other teams are going to have issues. Well, that's that's the catch. They got him for the catching because remember Fournette and Ronald Jones wasn't wasn't they didn't do the pass catching. That's why they brought him in. Yeah, exactly. But I do think Ronald Jones ends up being the number one running back over Fournette. He should be, but that's not what they have listed now. And that's not what they did most of the season. Or that's not what they did some of the season last season. It seemed I know at the end there, he's Ronald Jones started to take over. Yeah. Not not into the playoffs. Well, no, not in the playoffs. I'm just talking about the end of the season. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know, yeah, regular season Ronald Jones went off like week 15, 16. Yeah, Ronald Jones is a beast of the year. Yeah, I think he would. He had 200 yards one game, didn't he? Yeah, Ronald Jones should absolutely be the starter, but it's Tampa Bay. And they have one of the deepest offenses out of anybody, so I'm not – you cannot target them in fantasy. Season long, and it's extremely hard to target them in DFS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one the one guy I am targeting who's going to be the beneficiary of all this is Tom Brady. Yeah, for sure. And you can get him late, too, because everybody's sleeping on him because he's, like, 52 years old. Yeah, but, yeah. The fact that he has all those weapons and he has OJ Howard coming back, that's insane. Yeah. OJ yeah, Howard is very gifted. As your backup quarterback, Tom Brady's great. If you're in a super flex and Tom Brady's your second starter, he's fantastic. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I'm more concerned with taking their defense. If you can get their defense at a decent round, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have been taking them. Um, pretty much after Pittsburgh and uh, the Rams, which I think the Ravens' defense would be number three to me, but it's no. personal preference at that point, I guess. I think the Ravens' the Ravens defense is a little bit downgraded for me this year. I would take Tampa Bay one or two. Hey, I love Tampa Bay. The fact that they got to play Carolina twice, Atlanta twice, I love Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Jameis Winston twice, give me all that. Yeah, I mean, the only team I would consider taking over them is Pittsburgh. And that that's probably got a little bit of personal bias to it. No, Pittsburgh is definitely going to be a top at top 3 by far defense. Uh, they don't they don't slip below top 3. 
I mean, Tampa Bay, I, I can't see the Rams going over them. I can't see the Colts going over them. I can't see the 49ers going over them. And I'm in love with all of those defenses, but Tampa Bay is just ridiculous. Yeah. Washington's defense is good. Saints, Saints still have a good defense. Saints in that division, Saints still have a good defense, but Tampa Bay. Yeah. I I love some Tampa Bay. Bay, I, I can see them repeating. I don't want them to, but well, in you know it's stronger divisions, or at least last year it was a stronger division, I guess, with the Saints. Uh, there's no contest there, first place in this division and probably this conference this year. Yeah. With another year of chemistry, with Antonio Brown all year, with every single starter returning, which is just ridiculous. I don't see them losing more than three games, four games. And, and you know what makes the defense even better is having Tom Brady as the quarterback, keeping the defense off the field because he is the ultimate game manager. He knows what he's doing. He's smart. And, I mean, they just throw it down your throat and run it down your throat, and they just get first downs, and their exactly. time of possession is ridiculous. I don't understand why people hate on game manager-style quarterbacks. Because if you have a good enough defense, that's what you want. You want somebody that's going to manage the game and keep the offense on the field for a longer amount of time to keep your defense fresh. Because that's how you win games. That's how you win championships. I love the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray running quarterback who can create a potent offense. But I don't want my offense off the field in a couple minutes. I don't want them to either score or go three and out. I want them to stay on the field for five, six minutes at a time so that my defense comes on the field and just demolishes your offense. Exactly, and the defense is what won on the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, yeah. against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you have to have the best defense, and you have to keep your defense off the field. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is, without a doubt, in my mind, the best quarterback in the league. It doesn't matter how good he is if he's not on the field. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Or if he don't have his tackles in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if he's running for his life, it makes things kind of hard on him. He still, he still did as good as any other quarterback could have done in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, but Tampa Bay, I don't see anybody beating them uh, in the NFC. But it is hard to go back-to-back. I mean, if there's one person that can do it, it's Tom Brady. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, if there's ever any team that can go back-to-back, this Tampa Bay team that brought everybody back. But I hate teams like this as far as the fantasy goes because, again, I mean, they're all going to get their their targets. One might have it one game. One might have it another game. Yeah, I, I honestly, the only guy I'm – ever interested in taking in any season-long things is Antonio Brown just because we know he'll get red zone targets and because we know he has that big playmaking ability and you can get him low enough that he's a bench player. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't like the uh, the Mike Evans train. I know he's been going high. His ADP has been really high. But, I mean, him and Brady didn't have that good of chemistry last year except for in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, honestly, out of that bunch of Godwins, my favorite wide receiver, but what are you going to do when you have three wide receivers that can be legit number ones elsewhere? Exactly. 
I mean, honestly, as a Pittsburgh fan, this is the only wide receiver group I think is better than Pittsburgh's. Honestly, yeah. Same here. That is true. Mike Evans' ADP right now is 35, meaning he goes in the fourth round of the 10-man. Yeah. I almost don't mind that. But I still think there's better picks you can get at that point. Like Thielen. I'd rather have Thielen. I'd rather have Tyler Lockett. I'd rather have. Yeah. Just because of the target share, you can get wide receiver ones that are in on teams that have two wide receiver ones like Lockett and Metcalf rather Even than Amari Cooper. You can even get Cortland Sutton later. People forget about him. Yeah, absolutely. You can get Jerry Judy later. I love Jerry Judy this year. You could probably get you could get Henry Ruggs later. He's a wide receiver one this year. You can get Tyrell Williams. <laughs> I really yeah, I don't mean, think anybody drafted Tyrell Williams in my leagues. Very possible. Yeah, I mean I I would always much rather take the wide receiver that I know is going to get a larger target share. Mike Evans could legitimately get 30% of target share just because of how good those wide receivers are. Yeah. In an offense that has three legitimate running backs. <laughs> yeah, they're loaded. They're extremely loaded. It's ridiculous. The only thing that's stopping them is injuries. I don't even think injuries really stop them. There well, if you, take, be, if you take Tom Brady out of the lineup. That, that is I, the only question, but how often does Tom Brady get injured? Once. Uh, he, yeah, he got hurt once, and that was by uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I really don't think – and let's say have a situation like San Francisco had last year. I really don't think it affects them much because they have yeah. depth in every position. Their defense is ridiculous. Their offense is ridiculous. Yeah. We'll see. Two of the teams we talked about tonight will face off next Thursday to start the season off. So we'll about to find out how good Tampa Bay is and how good Dak is. Well, I don't yeah. really think you can determine how good Dak's going to be against that number one defense. Well, I mean, you can but, see his shoulder and how he's throwing. Um, I mean, he's still yeah. going to make the throws. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't hold him, like, if he had a bad game, you know. But if he's, like, under-throwing people or something like that, like, then you know something's wrong. Yeah. Not just that, but, I mean, if Dak somehow picks apart that defense, I'm going to go, you know what, maybe I was wrong about Dak. Maybe he's 100%. He's going to have the best year he's ever had. Or maybe he gets slammed on the ground by that dude with two fingers. Or three fingers, whatever he's got. I love Pierre Paul. Because I watched him try to intercept the ball, and he just went, in the post-game interview, he went, I just couldn't get my grip. And I was like, you don't say. 
<laughs> wonder what <laughs> happened. <laughs> you got to work on but, that, man. You need some new gloves. <laughs> but, but with that first game, I'm watching how Dak throws, if he overthrows, underthrows. Um, also, like, when he gets hit. I want to, if once he gets hit, I want to see how he reacts after he gets hit. Let's see how, you know, if he gets hit hard, let's see how he reacts. Does he wince? Does he come up rubbing his shoulder? Absolutely. It's, I feel better about Joe Burrow this year than I do Dak just because Joe Burrow got more reps and he's getting a little more comfortable with having been in. Yeah. I just don't like, it's still going to take Joe Burrow. It's still going to take Joe Burrow some time to get his mentality back. Like, you know, after taking a hit, like, oh, my knee's okay. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I'm not saying take Joe Burrow at any point. Obviously, I hope he does well, despite the fact that he's in the same division as Steelers, because I like Joe Burrow a lot. He's a great kid, and I hope he does well. But when you come back from an injury like that, especially as a quarterback, you're the main person defense is trying to fuck up. Oh, for sure. And if you can't react to a hit well, and you can't get comfortable with it before the real game starts, that's an issue. Yeah. And then you play one of, one of if not the best defenses to start season, you're going to have issues. Yeah. I, I really, I like Dak a lot. I was one of the, First people to be like, hey, this dude needs to be a starter. Fuck Tony Romo. <laughs> and uh, I really hope that he comes back from this injury. But I think he's pushed too hard already in this preseason. Yeah. And speaking of somebody that's had similar injuries before, I've had shoulder injury. If you are overcompensating enough to hurt your shoulder because your hips were hurt, because your legs were hurt, because anything in your lower body was hurt, and you can't go through that motion with your hips correctly, that seriously messes up your mechanics and makes it so much harder for you to do what you need to do. Oh, for sure. And that shoulder injuries, if he keeps injuring his shoulder because he keeps overcompensating, that's really hard to continually come back from because that's an injury like a sprained ankle. Yeah. Sprained ankle isn't that bad until you continue to do it. The more you do it, the easier it is to do it. Yeah. Shout out to Terrence twenty six hit ten thousand a night. Wow. Wait, what? Terrence twenty six. He had two hundred twenty one points and won ten thousand one hundred forty five dollars. Oh shit! Wow. All right. Well, I think we've pretty sufficiently covered the NFC along with a bunch of other random teams from the AFC that we got on tangent on. For sure. So I think we're going to call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. All righty. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Episode two will be out next couple days. So uh, thanks for watching.